Nothing like lesbian MILF cops. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, March 10th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 285. This is No Agenda. Wagging the Doug from high atop the hilltop watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. Yay, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley in the Buzzkill Bunker, I'm White Dog John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Johnny boy. It's a little off. You are off. Timing is a what bit happened? much. What happened? What happened? Yeah. Just a little off, huh? I, after I said John C. Dvorak, I waited for the donut no, to close. It would, no, 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 no. It was right on time. That was tight. It took you a whole... Maybe we have a delay in the Skype again. Because I, when I said I'm out of curry, there was like three seconds before you said anything. And I know you always jumped the oh, gun. Oh, because I stepped on you. No, you were three seconds late now. I, I'm saying from my end, I stepped on you. Oh, really? Oh, shoot. Because I, I, I always step on Curry. I step when you say I'm Adam Curry. As soon as you hit the hard C, I'm, I'm talking. Well, then maybe we should uh, reestablish connection because it's going to suck otherwise. Yeah, that would be good, good right. thinking. Otherwise, I'll, it's going to be this long right, pause right. like I'll I'm on a satellite you. phone. Yeah, goodbye. Oh, hold on a second. I know what it is. It's not actually John's fault. It'd be my fault. Okay. But we won't tell him, okay? We won't tell him. We'll just say... Who is it? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, much better. (laughs) (laughs) So, John, uh, you know, I I was working a lot during the week, and uh, I got on this really hot trail of uh because i was watching c-span of course so you don't have to well, i'm glad you hold on hold on you don't hold on. have to they were doing a lot of that i don't know what uh, the deal is with uh how you got onto anything because i was watching c-span all week too i ended up having to get my clips from fox oh and no CNN. oh no man anyway, let me just let me just say that I got stuck. The hearings I got into were, were listening to Arnie Duncan Ugh. go on forever. The guy's an idiot. I have and, I have so many clips uh, because good. the first thing I found was the National Press Club luncheon, and uh, this is something that uh, we've paid attention to, particularly when Vivian Schiller. The oh, CEO. by the way, yeah. rest in peace. <laughs> you know, I think this is the biggest blow to no agenda, and I want everyone out there to be realize it. This is, I think, the biggest blow to this show is the firing of Vivian Schiller over the past couple of days uh, because of the, um, well, I have some clips well, 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 I'm not into, let me just say, I'm not entirely sure it's because of this video of uh of yeah this is the guy who did the the pimp thing with the uh uh acorn. with acorn it's the same guy and you know so he goes in and he and he gets this guy this rob schiller no relationship is you'll see everywhere which of course i investigated that for at least half an hour are we sure there's no relationship i want to make sure it's just too much coincidence uh, that you know, he said uh, the Tea Party people are crazy. They're racist. They're gun-toting idiots, or whatever. I'm not so sure that that's it. I think there's a number of other reasons. I'm also not so sure that she was actually fired, although it's being spun that way. And well, I, a couple, let me mention a couple of things. First of all, I don't know what you uh, did. You hear all the tapes that this guy did. He's got another one coming out, by the way. Because the thing that I think was was important, <clears throat> it was interesting because the the left wing media, <clears throat> excuse me. 
like CNN spun it one way, but the good stuff was only on Fox in this case, which was the guy going off, you know, they're saying NPR stands for National Palestinian Radio, <laughs> and and the saleswoman going, that's a great idea, and then, <laughs> and then saying the Jews own all the newspapers, and they don't own any of us, they don't own NPR, so don't worry about it. And uh, that I think was the was the heavy duty stuff that was that was worth getting worked up about. Whereas whereas if you listen to CNN, they just kind of pass it off. Well, they these guys made a tape and they found that the guys criticized the Tea Party right. for being bigots and racist, which is like the minor complaint. Did you um, hear anywhere on these tapes where they actually said uh, we'd like to give you a five million dollar check? Because I've I've heard. I've seen all the reporting on it, but I haven't actually seen no. the tape because, of course, it doesn't exist. I'm, I'm sure that's a lie, and they're making that up, saying, "Oh, but you know, we didn't take the money." So, so I, of course, what I had set up makes no sense now because the crazy woman is gone, and I agree it's it's the it's a big blow to the show. Depending, of course, on who uh, steps in to take her spot, um, and I was you know I was looking at the funding and all of the, and so I kind of followed this trail, which is very interesting. NPR doesn't actually sell the commercials themselves. They sell it through this uh, National Public Media Foundation, which uh, this uh, Ron Schiller guy, uh, he's the head sales guy. And when you look at their website, it's like, you know, hey, we're the exclusive guys. We sell it all. We're, we, we sell all the spots over here. Commercials, I mean, underwriting sponsorship, we got it for you. So then I start looking at their financials, as I do. And I'm looking at the NPR, NPR financials, and indeed... Um, they uh, get uh, like between six and ten million dollars a year uh, just from uh, the uh, NPR Media Foundation. So it's kind of like a Chinese wall, or i.e., an accounting trick. They also have um, a German company. They have a, an offshore company in Germany, uh, NPR Berlin, for some reason, and money comes in from there as well. So I'm not quite. I know I, what the reason is. Somebody likes Berlin. They probably have an yeah. apartment. <laughs> yeah. It's rocking over there. We've been trying to there. get Leo it's to do, get, set yeah, up shop in New it's York. It's rocking over there. <laughs> so, um, and then I'm like, well, you know what? Because actually, so then I heard a report. I'm not going to play all these clips. I have them all set up, and they will be in the podcast feed, which is a new thing at No Agenda Show Notes, uh, noagendashow.com in the show notes. Uh, so you can listen to that yourself. But I hear this guy coming on shilling about high-speed rail. And I'm like, wow, who is this? So it's uh, a guy from the RPA, the Regional Planning Association. I'm like, well, who are these jabronis? So the Regional Planning Association, they take on the big issues and hit against the big lobbyists, which apparently means sucking HSR off because they're trying to get high-speed rail in. And I'm like, okay, so who's on the board of um, of this uh, this not not for profit uh, outfit? <laughs> this is where it always gets good. So you so it, it doesn't take much to do this, but you uh, so you, you know you go to uh, I think it's yeah rpa.org and you say okay well who's on the board? Well let's see uh, the chairman is uh, Elliot G Sander, group chief executive of ACOM USA. Of the global transportation unit. Now you, that's okay. So what's a what does ACOM do, uh, John? Any idea? <laughs> Probably have something to do with trains. They do nothing but they've got billions of dollars of contracts for high speed rail. So so it's like a, a mouthpiece 
RPA is a mouthpiece for ACOM, and it's right there. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people from ACOM on the board running the yeah, regional. Who bothers pla- to look? Okay. So, by, by the way, by the way, I want to stop right now, yeah. and I'm going to say, let me just—I want to finish up. There's my a thought. lot of things that I expected you to go from point A to point B, but this one is really a wild ride. Yay! Hold How do you go from the from the NPR to high-speed <laughs> rail? Okay. Good one. Continue. Well, so then I'm like, well, so and I hear this guy from the RPA talking, and then I hear another NPR report with a guy from ACOM talking. I'm like, wow. So I want to know, has ACOM or RPA bought any spots, any corporate sponsorship? And you, by the way, you can't find this on the NPR website. There is a page that is not linked from their About Us page. And it gives their financial report, so you can, you know, it's kind of boring stuff, but it, you know, it goes through, um, uh, goes through their all the way through 2010. So that make you know they're they're doing their 990s and everything. And then there's a list of corporate sponsors, and they don't have a list further than 2010. What happened to 2009, 2010? It's not there. They haven't published that. So now I'm getting like, all right, now I'm getting irked because, of course, the trail stops dead there. I can't find out if ACOM or RPA have purchased any corporate underwriting, sponsorship, or advertising, whatever you want to call it, in Vivian Schiller's own words. And uh, so I think there's a huge problem. There's a, I mean, there's got to be a reason from them, for them not publishing that because they are, they've got to be hiding something. There's no other reason. But then I tie it all together, and I think I have the the true reason for uh, Vivian Schiller leaving. And this ties into stuff we've talked about in the past. So she's she. This is like hour long. She gets introduced. She talks about the funding. She goes into this whole thing, saying, "Well, the ten percent we get from the government, it's seed money. It's seed money. It it's an investment. Like you could say, yeah, ten percent off the top is like." You know, if that went away, then, you know, it's just cutting back like everybody has to do. We've cut back 30%, most people. But for her, no, without that 10%, we can't actually invest in the future. It's it's our seed money. I'm like, well, that's half full, half empty. But then this little ditty crops up, which blows me away, and I start to really get into the research. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I grew up, uh, I grew up uh, in the uh, 60s and early 70s. This, of course, is during the question and answer session. Uh, where it's not rehearsed, although the guy, is read, the guy is reading the questions off cards. People aren't uh, allowed to ask anymore because last time they did that, she, you know, that horrible question came up about funding, and we've been berating her for it ever since. In New York, so I, frankly, at, at, the, at, at that time, was mostly listening to, um, to AM pop music on the, on the radio, quite honestly. And then I lived out of the country for many years, and so I was a late, I, I came late to uh, NPR because... Uh, for most of the 80s, uh, I was living abroad. And, um, in fact, I can tell you the first time um, that, that I really, I, I'd heard, listened to NPR, but I really honed in on it, is uh, when I first started dating my husband, who was, who was here somewhere, I think. There he is. So, um, this is what's interesting. So, a couple times during this hour, she talks about living out of the country. I was abroad, I was living out of the country. I'm like, that's weird, particularly if you're a progressive left-wing shill, you know, you ha- I was living in Europe, I was in France, I was, uh, you know, uh, working with children in Africa, you know, whatever it is, right? You, 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 she wouldn't just say, I was out of the country. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. So where was she? Do you know? Uh, no, but I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that you're going to tell me. She was a tour guide in Russia. Oh, really? 
Now, this is exactly like the editor of the New York Times. All these guys have been in Russia for years and years and years. And you do Google searches. It all says she was out of the country. She was abroad. You finally find, like, yeah, I was in Russia. She apparently, and she in, in her own words, written words, she says, yeah, my job was to lie to a, a fat American tourist that, uh, you know, the plane uh, had some kind of problem, whereas it just, you know, wasn't scheduled or whatever. Her whole job was... Uh, lying to tourists, she says, in Russia. And she was there when it was Russia. Russia, not not former Soviet Union. No, Russia. The reason she had to leave is she was about to be exposed as a Russian spy. Do you think she was a Russian spy or or American spy in Russia? No, no, of course not. She got her training, just like the guy from the New York Times. This is, this is how it works. The of course whole- not what? You didn't answer the question. What do you mean? She's working for who? For the Russians. She's a Russian spy. She's a, she's a Russian spy working for the Russians? Yes, in America. That's this is what espionage is. If you no, can if you can indoctrin is, if you can indoctrin this is she it wasn't real, it wasn't a real job, it was a cover job. She was getting trained to indoctrinate and infiltrate our national treasure. And that it was getting too hot. The left wing leanings of the national exactly, culture. and and the same for the New York Times with the the editor in chief spent years in Russia. What were they doing in Russia? Come on, John. I've been to Russia. I was in Russia in 1988. What a crap hole! And then she comes back, and immediately she's like a top producer of TBS for Turner Broadcasting. Please, please. She was. She went from being a tourist guide for Americans in Russia. To being a top producer at uh, Turner. Hello. That's how it works. And I think she was about to be exposed because the focus was going to be way too much on her personally and she had to get out. Wow. We can end the show with that. You like it? (laughs) I love it. I'm telling you, man. Vivian Schiller, Russian spy. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Well, how many Russian spies do you think there are in this country? Well, I know I know a little bit about uh, espionage, as you know, uh, from my uh, from my yeah, background. You, and yeah, you're a student of it. Go on. Yes, yeah, so of course I'm a student of it. But the number one job of all espionage is to infiltrate and indoctrinate the media because over time, decades of time, it's much more valuable to bestow um, a thinking pattern upon people. And let's face it, that's what NPR does. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you just can't argue, and the proof is in the pudding with this other Schiller guy. And they wouldn't deny it. Yeah, not related. No relation. So uh, I, I think that she had she had to get out because it was getting way too hot under her feet. NPR, National Public Russian. <laughs> and I can I think I can back a lot of this up and you know you do the Google searches on Vivian Schiller in and it also like I was abroad I was I was out of the country I was abroad in the 80s in Russia hello we, that was the height of the cold war what were you doing oh th- there was a lot of tourism to Russia in the 80s come on no, and, not and, I mean yeah I mean that's stupid I mean that's it's a total cover and whenever you're a spy in a different country you have some kind of you're either with a PR firm or yeah, doing uh, some bogus yeah, job. Yeah, bogus job. There's a real bogus job. And she laughs it off and like, <laughs> I, but, but to say I was out of the country, so it was not to focus her attention on her being from Russia. 
just like the editor-in-chief of the New York Times who was in Russia during the same period for many, many years. And then she comes back, meets her husband. Who knows what he is? Yeah, we should start looking into him. He's probably another one. I mean, uh, or, or the or, cover guy, or the cover. Or all of this is just to promote. It was a pre-set-up promotion for Salt to the sequel. And they're like, ah, this thing is going to be a dog. Vivian, forget about it. We don't need yeah, the promotion. We don't need you. <laughs> we don't we need, need you over here. We don't need the promotion. That's <laughs> where she crops up. Yeah, I'm telling you. This Dylan is, Knowlton. Yeah, something like that. Who have been very, very busy with the high-speed rail. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we well, might. High-speed rail is a good way to bankrupt the, com- the country, so that would be a positive thing for the Russians to do. Exactly. All well, aboard, trains good, planes bad. Woo-hoo. Oh, you might as well just get right into it. Uh, of course, uh, many of you have already seen the uh, the video. <laughs> you know, George Clooney predicted it. George Clooney said, what you're going to see is, uh, oh, it was, was it Newsweek or whatever? Uh, we're going to see celebrities, and today's show will be filled with them, celebrities uh, being the ambassadors of goodwill to all men and all things on the planet. And, uh, you know, as, as you're getting it all cranked up, why don't you get the guys from Mad Men to do a cute, little, cutesy little commercial for high-speed rail? Uh, have you seen this, John? Tell me you have. No, no I have not seen this. I've oh, you're it. kidding me. No. Oh, my goodness. So I was this- too busy watching C-SPAN and listening to Arnie <laughs> Duncan talk about the, what's going to happen in the education system in this country. Well, let's get to that in a second. Let me play this. Uh- no, I'm not going to get to it. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. We're, we're going ha- to have to go long. So this is uh, Vincent Kartheiser, who was kind of the Weasley dude who I, who I like in the show. And then actually a guy I know uh, who was on, he was on the Big App show, Rich Summer, who's a really nice guy. And, you know, he's, he's, he, he, he's really into technology and he's a, I think he's a good actor and he's just a, a sweetheart of a guy. Well, he got roped into this thing and it's him and uh, so it's both their characters in the setting of Mad Men uh, come, trying to come up with a commercial for trains in you know like 1965 uh but actually of course it's a commercial for uh trains now parking's murder forget about that what do you think about trains 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 high-speed trains i've been reading the japanese are gung-ho about high-speed trains i have no idea what to say to that picture this a woman looking at a controls of a car She's overwhelmed. Tired of all the knobs, levers, and gizmos in your car? The simplicity of train travel. I assume that was your tag? Yes. Have you ever driven a car? They're not that complicated. They look complicated. Well, they're not. I did have one other idea. Actually, I don't think this works without the video, so I'm just going to go straight to the tagline. So this goes on for like two and a half minutes, you know, which is actually too long to make it work. So here's the tag. We can't wait another decade to move forward on high-speed rail. The future is now. Tell your friends, tell your family, but most importantly, if you agree, then tell your senators. Find out how and get a bumper sticker to show your support at madfasttrains.com. <laughs> get a bumper sticker to show get your support. a bumper support. sticker. This is for like, a, <laughs> let's go back to the 19th century, ladies and gentlemen. 19th century technology coming at you. Very expensive. Only two uh, lines, one in Japan and one in France. High-speed rail makes any money. They all lose money. Big drain on the taxpayers. But the crazy thing is, 
in the uh, United States of Europe, they've actually made the commercial these guys are talking about for Talis. They've made the exact commercial telling you that, you know, cars suck, trains are good, and of course they've updated it because it's not like, you know, traffic. No, the Wi-Fi is great. This, by the way, apparently is running everywhere in Europe and you can't get away from it. Leave your troubles outside. Here, the seats are beautiful. The Wi-Fi is beautiful. <laughs> Even the meals are beautiful. Ah, perfect. Thalys, van harte welkom. So they're using a song. Why do they have English in there? Just so they can catch a few tourists? Yeah, no, it's for everybody. You know, it's uh, the... the 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 whole song Willkommen and Bienvenue Good Evening. That's a multi language song. That's why they had a meeting along a series of meetings about this. Oh, what song can we get? What can we license? Who can we make rich by doing this? And now, ladies and gentlemen, Talis bringing you yesterday's technology tomorrow. It's just it's despicable. It's absolutely despicable. By the way, the um the madman spot is brought to you by P-I-R-G, another outfit we got to keep our eyes on. <sighs> I'm loaning These it These guys up. just want to steal our money. You know, this is not the time in the economy for, with the economic downturn to be stealing our money. With well, they're turning it around. Ex- scams. Well, they're saying exactly the opposite. By the way, U.S. P-I-R-G, standing up to powerful interests. So, oh, it's USP. Oh, that's interesting. USPIRG. Okay, PIRG. Well, they, there's a group called CalPERG, which is related to these folks. PERG. 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 That's what they call themselves, CalPERG. CalPERG. This is US. And Perg. these are the assholes, and I don't cuss much on this no, show. No, you don't, John. That push through the so-called bottle bill in California and still brag about it to this day. So every time you buy a can of soda or a bottle of soda, you pay an extra five cents, which is essentially a tax on top of it. So to recycle this bottle, which you never recycle, by the way, you end up throwing it into the recycling bin in your local garbage company and they recycle it and they get whatever they get out of it. This is before the bottle bill was ever passed. I was working for the government at the time, and most bottles were already being recycled by most systems. And in fact, if you went to a glass company factory and I had inspected a number of them, there were unbelievable piles and piles of bottles that were going back into the glass company to be recycled into making new glassware, generally brown bottles, because this stuff, you know, there's they mixed up a lot of the colors. They couldn't keep them all white. Whatever the case was, it was a complete ripoff of the public but the public oh we got to recycle we've got to get the bottles out of the oh there's bottles all over bums are picking them up by the way which is another way that recycling works naturally so we are paying if you go to the store and you buy a bottle of water you pay an extra nickel a dime whatever it is it could be a lot of different varies for the every bottle because of these guys yeah, and nobody has said anything about it. About you know saying, well, let's. Why are we doing this? Why are we paying this extra tax for every bottle of water that we buy or every bottle of Coke? And nobody questions it. Oh well, you know, it's just for the good of the environment. Uh, it's for recycling. Bull crap. 
But what's funny is that their whole their whole idea is we're standing up to powerful interests. And then what are they? You know, you look at their websites like, well, let's get. Them. We need to have healthcare work. We need high speed rail. It's like they're they're totally on board with the whole program. And uh, and of course, don't stand up for anybody. And of course, you know, I I uh, once again, I'm like, uh, let's go look at the financials. And uh, they talk a lot about featured giving opportunities. <laughs> John, we're not using the right language. Featured giving Featured giving opportunities and planned uh, giving. And, and what was the other one? Planned giving. Oh, yeah. Plan- well, we have planned giving, kind of. Yeah. But, uh, but of course, if you want the actual financial report, you have to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> you have to write a letter to them. Oh, it's crazy. It's Snail just, mail. It's, it's just crazy. They're a 501c3 organization, conducts research and public education on emerging public interest issues. We're taking on the big corporate lobbyists. No, you're not. You're 21st century transit on track. American high-speed rail is ready to leave the station. What lobbyists are against high-speed rail? No, they're all hired. They love it. (laughs) Exactly. No one's against it. Chemical facilities must be safer. Nah, it's just it's 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 crazy, and we're being inundated, and you can't get the information. The transparency is no longer there. We're just not showing it. I had a doozy, by the way. Um, so on uh, March seventh, I didn't see this until the eighth. Uh, President Obama signed a uh, an executive order, <clears throat> John, an executive order. And the executive order, maybe you've, amongst all the Charlie Sheen news uh, and, uh, and the Libya wag the dug, maybe you heard about this. Uh, President Obama released uh, an executive order March 7th, 2011. <clears throat> Periodic review of individuals detained at Guantanamo Bay Naval Station pursuant to the authorization for use of military force and uh, indefinite detention. Yeah. I heard this. Okay. Now, here's the, fu- here's the funny thing. So I'm looking at, did you hear what I just said? Let me read it again to you. This is from Whitehouse.gov. Periodic review of individuals detained at Guantanamo Bay Naval Station pursuant to the authorization for use of military force. Pursuant. No, no. It says pursuant. It says pursuant. <laughs> pursuant. And I'm like, what? So I go to the dictionary. I'm like, pursuant. Is this a word that I don't understand? And of course, it's not. It's, it should be pursuant. And I'm thinking, and there's not even any margin for error. I'm thinking, if these guys can't run an executive order through a spell checker, how... Yeah, you know it was going through a spell checker. They just ignored the little underline. How can we presume that they actually checked it for constitutionality? <laughs> it's a stretch, but it's just amusing. And so I bitched about this. I Twittered about it. Ten hours later, they change it. So, hey, someone's listening. They change it to pursuant, but of course on the index page it's still pursuant. I took a ah. screenshot of the of it. I just thought it was too funny. An executive order that they didn't spell check. I'm waiting for it to show up in the in the national in the federal register incorrectly. Because then of course it's you know it can't be it, it's invalid because pursuant is not a word. <laughs> but it's like and this thing is crazy. Indefinite detention without trial. John, we're screwed. That's it. It's over. Good night. Go home. Wait a minute. Hold on a sec. This makes no sense. This goes completely against everything Obama promised us. Well, well, well. 
funny you bring that up because uh, I'm stalling. I have. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I had Are a, you looking something up? Your machine. What, what I have machine a, I are have you a, operating that's taking forever? Oh, I'm, it's it's my eyes. It's my old eyes. No, I'm looking for the. Uh, I'm looking for the clip of where uh, here it is. BBC clip. They actually they did a better job than I could have. Within days of taking office, President Obama promised to close Guantanamo and with it an unedifying chapter in American history. And we then provide uh, the process whereby Guantanamo will be closed uh, no later than one year from now. That was uh, two years ago. <laughs> and now! But more than two years later, there are still around 170 detainees held without trial. This is the thing that kills me. This whole thing is about 170 dudes, and what's happening now, including the New York Times, the spineless, ballless New York Times are saying, well, the president had no choice because, you know, Congress won't allow uh, 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 trials in the United States, so it's Congress's fault. A Republican Congress, by the way. Which is just unbelievable. What what happened? What, I mean, wait a minute. The Congress just got in. It was the, if he was supposed to take care of this within a Congress. year. It's the it's Congress. They, they, uh, within a year, Congress was Democrat until like just like a month ago. This is the uh, the New York Times uh, opinion page, the editorials. This comes, I, I guess, from that Russian guy. Uh. And uh, on Monday, that promise crumbled. The victim of congressional spinelessness and President Obama's <laughs> inability to create political support for a way out of the moral quagmire created by his predecessor. Please, please. The, the New York Times is run by the Russians. NPR is run by the Russians. And Charlie Sheen's show is getting better. <laughs> That's all I know. It's getting better. But it's, 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 I, I have, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I'm just flabbergasted. That this, well, that you know, this talking is, about the Russians, uh-huh. we might as well. Well, actually, let's do our exec. We only have a couple of executive producers, unfortunately. So let's okay. get to them, and then we'll talk about the Russians. All right. Uh, n- namely, the, their reports of what's going on in Iraq. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have that, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's you mean uh, uh, Libya? I'm sorry. Yes. Well, Iraq, Libya. It's all wag. Yeah, it's, it's all, all wag the dug. Whatever you want to call wag it. Wag the dug. All right. Who okay, do- we got one executive producer, one associate executive producer for this week's show, James Pierce from uh, uh, Copperus Cove, or Copperus Cove, Copperus, I guess. Texas, thanks for the priceless information and entertainment you provide every week. The most horrible parts of my week are when your show ends and I have to find something else to listen to. Oh, the, the agony. Anyway, there's always national treasure. It's comedy. I've sold my <laughs> wedding band. I'm passing the money on to you. Oh, no. Now what? I'm still a little slave, but just more free. Can you please slap some karma in my brother's face? He's recently laid off and needs a new job, James Pierce. No, absolutely. Sure. You've got karma. Uh, and now we've got our. our one lone, poor lone member of the fabulous 285 Club and associate executive producer uh, Jan Persil from Hamburg, Deutschland. Dear John and Adam, a uh, fortnight ago I registered psychoforcash.com, which redirects a no agenda donation page. Well, I guess it's best 
test to actually visit it, right? Since it is, A, my birthday on the 10th of March, I am currently in India teaching journalists how to create podcasts and real news and use challenge coins. <laughs> oh, my good, what, what is this coin you have? Wouldn't it be funny if NPR started issuing challenge coins? <laughs> it should. <laughs> I feel like awesome. giving value for value. Yeah, really. Felt that it's time to be a 285 club member, and E, I need some karma for my search for a new office. By the way, donating from India is, hard, is actually hard to do. PayPal locked down my account immediately oh, when I bastards. logged in from India. Gee, oh, I yeah. Why? Uh, gee. Right, let me give him some karma first. Here we go. You've got karma. Says he's looking forward to being back in Hamburg in two weeks. Keep up the good work, Jan Perseal. Pronounced for your help, John. Jan Perseal. Hey, it looks like he had another donation on the list, though. Did he, he has 111. Uh, 11, little, uh, two slots down. Oh, I see that. Okay, well, we'll make him an executive producer then. It, totally. And I have, so I, I, have no an, I have a, a late entry to the 285 Club. I, I don't know why it's not on the list, uh, but it looks valid from Nick Ball. John Adam, here's my donation for the 285 Club. If you could please mention my non-ad-supported podcast, The Gadget Gurus, and call out my two co-hosts, Mike and Vic, as douchebags. Douchebag. i got to do another one for Douchebag. Him. Keep up yeah, the great work. Yeah, I saw work that love the come show. through, too, but it never showed up on the spreadsheet. Or well, the- I'd, I'd, hate for, I'd hate for him to have done it and it not be true if uh, you know, we will uh, take appropriate measures if it... Uh, yeah, tell him well, you, he should also go look at his account and make sure that they posted it correctly. Wait a minute. The shill says he donated $2.85. Oh. Oh. Phew. What a trick. I got okay, tricked. Well, the- I got tricked. My fault. Well, I don't like okay. that. Well, you don't know that. He may have actually No, no, I'm, say- I'm seeing the shill uh, just uh, ping me on that. Yeah, I know. I realize that. But it's possible that he put in the wrong amount and... Well, then that, hey, we'll that, find out. That's possible. That's totally possible. So, uh, and of course, we give people the benefit of the doubt here, without a doubt. So that's our uh, executive producers for this show: uh, Dan Perseal and uh, James Pierce. Thanks, guys. Dvorak.org slash na. Just a quick, uh, quick uh, number of PR mentions. Some domain name forwards. Uh, there's a. <laughs> There's so many of them. Uh, Any good ones? Yeah, there's a couple of them. I liked uh, AsiaRenewableEnergy.com, SolarWorkGroup.com. It's good. Uh, Kyle registered uh, Davorak.org. Mm, which, that uh, was a good idea. Yeah, which I think you should uh, have Davorak.org uh, slash NA work. I'm sure it will. Uh, but that that seems pretty important. Um, I heard the I heard the other day. I'm not sure. Maybe it was I think it was Shana or maybe Citizen X. Now Citizen X registered Dvorhacked dot org. <laughs> Dvorhacked. <laughs> I like that. We've got uh, notinmynews.com, which I like. Uh, Technorednecks.com, A throwback to our uh, techno uh, experts. Bearfight.com, and uh, then I think uh, something that uh, uh, Bill Clinton and uh, George W. Bush will be very jealous of, just send us your cash.com. Yeah, I saw that one. That was pretty I funny. Think, I think that's a very, very good one. So we appreciate uh, the work that you uh, PR associates are doing. All of that, of course, listed in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, and uh, muchas gracias to Jan Parcil, 
uh, and I and I'll just uh, add Nick Ball to that. And James Pierce is our executive producer of episode 285. Of course, uh, if you're in the 285 club, like Jan is. Then uh, it's closed. That's it. You can't get in anymore. The next club that will be opening up as of now is the 286 Club. Everyone else out there has a mission. The mission is go out and propagate the formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Before uh, we continue, I would like to at least do a teaser. Well, hold on a second. Coming up on the No Agenda Show. Uh, It's a clip says teaser. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Hold on a second. (laughs) Uh, Got it. Okay, let's try it again. Let's uh, let's try this. Uh, Coming up on the No Agenda Show. Celebrity meltdown showdown. Lesbians mad at Justin Bieber? The unbelievable new reason today why some lesbians are upset with the beads? And the question that the best scientists in the world have not been able to answer, why are the Kardashians famous? That's right, everybody. We've got uh, the Beebs upset, <laughs> upset at the Beebs on the next No Agenda show. Wow. John, well, I'm riveted. Yeah, short, a little short on producers this week, so we're going to the Justin Bieber well. Yeah, so. when you go to the Beebs, when the Beebs are angry at the Beebs, this, that's a show title right there. Beebs angry at the Beebs. I'm just saying. They have some term for themselves. Anyway. Yeah, clam bumpers. Onward. Now, what were we, to, where right. were we, we were going toward what? What was the topic? In my topic is, uh, while we're just on the uh, donation front Dvorak. here. slash yeah, Please help us out. We need all the help we can get. I so tell we- you, I tell you, I think we should try it. I think we should do a third show on Tuesday. There is enough news happening, John. I'm, I With this no agenda news network.com there is enough new i got like 50 stories and they're all brilliant and i've got audio clips and everything this this thing is on fire we can do this but people would, ha- would have to double the giving level because essentially i'm quitting everything else then i mean and, and i and you'd have to quit some stuff too but yeah. i i, I th- we can i mean if the giving levels are there why wouldn't well, we not. try it well but how do we know if we don't try it maybe we try it and we tr- and we give them like you know uh, uh four weeks and if it's not there, we we go back. Well, then we then we're backtracking. Yeah, but we're in irons. Well, let's if you got all these stories, let's do one. <laughs> okay, I got tons of stories. Like what? So what? Good all right. Story? Well, then why don't we just get on the wag the dog, wag the dog trail? Okay, let's do the real. Okay, so the so Russia today had a uh, which of course. Is now. By the way, there's a couple of interesting things going on. I think the Russian Today uh, little episode that was passed around, it will be on the show notes, kind of exposed what we've also been seeing from certain Russian bloggers and other news sources. I have the audio if you're interested. Yeah, I want you to play it and see what these. Uh, how long we can take of it? Hold on a second. It was. Uh, <sighs> what was it called again? It was. Uh, it was Russia Today, right? Yeah, it was Russia Today, but it was a report on... Uh, yeah, media, on yeah, yeah, media blamed for Libya unrest. Yeah. And I have a couple other clips to back it up. But this is, it was on Russia Today, and I've clipped uh, the intro off uh, for obvious purposes. The allure of a war. Incomprehensible as it sounds, it's present in any conflict. 
Just days ago, these parents feared for their children's lives. Today, they are taking their pictures in front of the tanks. <laughs> the desire to be captured laughing in the face of danger is even stronger among journalists. And the conflict in Libya is providing a perfect setting for it. On TV screens, Benghazi may look like the center of the rebel resistance. The country is waking to another day of chaos. Gaddafi may have lost about half of his country. They watched these bombs fall from the skies. But in reality, it's more like a seaside resort than a conflict zone. Hotels are fully booked with journalists and residents. It's a junket, I tell you. Everyone's like, hey, dudes, party in Libya. Tripoli, here we come. Here we go. We're on the beach. It's And you see the pictures that go along with this report. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. People like hanging out, drinking tea, swimming. Good times. Yeah, and then they and then they go and they form a little group and take a film and make it sound like something's going on. And uh, but she, the thing that fascinated fascinated me the most, and I noticed that you noticed it, which is the that she caught the Al Jazeera crew right on on a balcony, on a balcony with their cameras exhorting a crowd so they can get some good shots of people, you know, shaking their fist. And of course, if anyone ha- else hasn't noticed, this most of the signage is in English. <laughs> And many of the, you know, the spokespeople that come up talking all speak, you know, reasonably good English. And the, and the first thing that came to mind when I saw the Al Jazeera crew doing this was Hillary Clinton. Why does Hillary Clinton, out of the blue, when, when Al Jazeera first formed, it was a huge insult to the Jewish community and everybody in between. And then if they were like you expect, you, you assume, which they were taken over by MI6. Yeah, British intelligence. And yeah. then became like a spokeshole for God knows what. But the British are really into taking over Libya. So they're in there exhort, trying to make it look like something's going on. And Hillary comes out and says that the best news source is, is Al Jazeera. And Russia Today, which is, this is like a double whammy, this report. And it, Russia it, it, Today. It's right in the beginning. It's such bull crap. And the fact is our news, because our people can't be trusted to hold out with this bull crap. In other words, even, the, you know, even, I mean, even CNN, which I do have a clip which I want to play, it's Anderson Cooper going on and on, but every time he shows something now, he, he, he couches everything with, we don't know if this is real, we don't know if this is legit, we don't know if this is right. taken yesterday, we don't know this, we don't know yet, that. Yet Anderson Cooper, is, is, his intros are always, Libyan, crazy Libyan leader Gaddafi lies again! That, that's, that's a news guy, Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper, elitist prick. Do you want me to play the C, is the CNN on Iraq? Why do you say Iraq? I don't know. I keep saying, I keep mixing. I read. This is funny, isn't it? It's well. It's it's, it's a Freudian, Freudian slip, slip because, of course, because it's exactly the same game. It's the same. Opposition practical. forces say the town of Misrata, east of Tripoli, remains under their control tonight. The streets, they say, are calm for now, they but say, fighting in Misrata. Has- so they say, according they to the tweets, the tweets been fierce in recent days. I, I love the soundtrack. All right, up with the gunfire! 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 I need to hear gunfire. We need gunfire behind our our podcast. Oh, yeah, we do. Could someone please drop uh, a gunfire for me in the Dropbox, so, uh, in the open source? Uh, and the by the source way, another Dropbox. thing I want to point out, which just came to mind, is if you haven't noticed, when they show all these clips of these rebels out in the middle of nowhere with this crazy anti-aircraft thing <laughs> hooked to a Jeep, yeah, I love that. We've all seen this. It rocks. And this thing is like pumping bo- rockets into the air. Boom, 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 boom. There's no <laughs> planes around. They're just shooting. It's even better. Hold on. i I got to take you to this clip. So, um... We've got uh, the BBC. You know, of course, the BBC is definitely compromised by British intelligence. We know oh, that. Yeah. So the, the BBC, they've got this dude, 
and uh, and the, the the video just doesn't correspond with what he's saying. So he's like, "We're under attack," and he doesn't have a helmet on. They're in the car. Keep your head down. But he doesn't have a helmet on because, of course, that would mess up his hair. Yeah, ch- check this out. At dawn this morning, it was immediately clear that the rebels' enthusiasm and fighting spirit was fading. It's carried them 150 miles westwards along the coast, beating Colonel Gaddafi's troops back all the way. But now their supply lines are stretched, and Colonel Gaddafi's troops are starting to fight on more friendly territory. Yesterday we went with the so rebels now he's in to the, the car. next town, Benjawad, the car. which they attacked fiercely. Oh, fierce! But the defenders had better weapons, and this morning when we went up to Benjawad, we found that now, the rebels had out. faded away during the night. Faded From a distance, away. we saw a checkpoint, which checkpoint. we eventually decided was probably manned by Gaddafi. So they're standing like a hundred yards away. I mean, it's just, it's just, just like you see a couple of Toyotas there. A oh, checkpoint that looks like Libyan guards. The loyalists. It was. A couple of soldiers opened fire in our direction. Q. Q. Fire. Just keep keep your head down. Keep your head down. Keep your head down. And and he doesn't he doesn't have a helmet on. This is, I've been to a war zone. They make they, they you are obliged to wear a helmet. We drove back hastily. It's insurance purposes alone. Hastily down the road to the important oil town captured by the rebels on Friday night. But today, far fewer of them were making a stand here. Now check so this out. The rebels have been forced all the way back here. You hear that, John? It's great. And so, John, we're uh, we're here in the war zone, John, and uh, it's really bad. Uh, I need I need better gunfire, guys. That's only like one. I need better. This is not good enough. He needs a machine gun. Yeah, and yeah, this uh, this is not good. This or is not act, a act yeah. gun. Yeah. So, John, we're in the war zone here on the No Agenda show. Anyway, so what happens is now he has to now we have to get the no fly zone thing in. So we're gonna we're gonna insert a shot of a jet flying by. Listen, it's crazy. Just listen to this. The It's been quite a success for Colonel Gaddafi's army. So they insert a shot of a jet flying by. And then check this out. Gunners blazed away a Russian-built Sukhoi of Colonel Gaddafi's air force. So this is a different shot. They've overlapped the sound. So you see the dudes just shooting into the air at nothing, right? This shot was like Steven Spielberg. It was like Top Gun. They took a clip from that. Circled round and came in for the attack. So they have the jet flying. They've got the guy shooting. And then he circled round. Oh, sorry. We don't have any video of that. The bomb landed away from the rebel. Oh, we don't have any video of the bomb. Positions. Though whether the pilot missed on purpose wasn't clear. So they don't actually have video of it. It was so far away. But then there's something interesting, and I I would like our producers, no agenda listeners, of course, the producers to check this out. In this video, where they're running away from, like, you know, I don't know, the producer saying, okay, run, cue, um, there's a guy whose head is blocked out. There's a guy running in in the in this little group of journalists, and his head is wiped no, out. The CIA guy must be someone of some import. Yeah, and they've literally blocked it out. I'm like, wow, that's weird. I mean, to have war footage and then block that guy out, yeah, and not, block a head out, and that not mention it, too. and not mention it, not say like, you know, that was our translator or something like that. That it, to me was like, wow, you know, it's highly suspicious. More gunshots, people. We don't have. We need more gunshots. We don't have any. Uh, John and I need to do the show with gunshots so we can be like hip, like uh, like Anderson. Oh, John, it's really bad here. 
How is it where you are? Uh, I guess it cleared up. <laughs> I'm near the rebels, John. It's getting really bad. You should loop that. You know, it's like, uh, we, let's go back to the, the Anderson Cooper clip yeah. where he starts yeah. doing these disclaimers. But they're right. also showing hospital shots, and it, and it's a loop of about three yeah. shots, and yeah. they keep bringing the same guys in. You know, it's like, here comes another one. It's the same guy. Bloody crashes over the weekend left dozens dead, dozens wounded, according to a doctor at Central. Dozens, according to. Misrata Hospital. He said a three-year-old child was among those killed. Save the children! I want to warn you, this next video is disturbing. The voice narrating it says, these are the people who tried to attack the city of Misrata on March 6th. Yeah, I watched that video. Was it disturbing to you? No, oh. not in the least. It wasn't disturbing at all. I was like... It was the voiceover that's disturbing. It was on Sunday. CNN cannot independently confirm where or when that video was shot, nor who those people are. They are wearing uniforms. Likewise, we can't confirm witness reports in Misrata because we don't have reporters there. Earlier, I talked to a young woman in Misrata about what she has seen and what she's no, bracing no, for. Stop she also there. Stop. Stop. All right. So, okay, they can't confirm anything. We don't have reporters, even though Al Jazeera does. And and, 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 and let me just say, let me just say, the Al Jazeera. If you've ever been to uh, a television taping. Like of, uh, I don't know, two and a half men. Uh, what you'll see is you'll see the producer, usually with the script in hand, and he'll be like whooping up the crowd, you know, like raising his arms up, raising his arms up. Yay, yay, yay. So people get all crazy and they're all like, yeah, this is fantastic. It's exactly yeah. what this guy was doing. It, it was just unbelievable. John, it's uh, really, really horrible here, and uh, I don't know what, uh, what we're going to do uh, in the war zone. I understand uh, you're being invaded zone. by aliens there in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes, it's really bad, John. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> oh, no! We've got jets coming in, John! What am I going to do? Oh, it sounds like this. Oh, oh, John, yes! Well, they say that there's lots of rebels around here, and I think they're right. Right. I'm glad you got that nice hairdo. <laughs> so anyway, so so now so now Anderson Cooper brings on some woman who sounds like she's a girl from the San Fernando Valley. What is it? Is it in the same clip? Yeah. Uh -huh. So it says she has a contact in Zawia and talked about that for her safety. We're not identifying her. I, I understand you. You know somebody who just got out of Zawia. What did they say? Um, they were just telling us how bad the situation in Zalia. He had to leave Zalia, 30 kilometers out of Zalia, just so he could get cell phone reception. He told us that everything's been cut off. All the sources of communication, so telephone services, both cell phones, their electricity's been cut off. Um, their water's been cut off. And they're, they're shooting from tanks, from guns. Essentially everything. The situation's so unsafe. They're breaking into houses. Um, they're they're not leaving. Like even children are getting killed. Yeah, she. They, they need to get some better sound effects. You know, th I mean, this is what it should be sounding like in the background. You know, <laughs> you know that's that's a, a, a rail gun. Yeah, I mean, this is they, 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 Anderson's got shitty sound effects. I mean, ours are much much better. <laughs> like they're not. The, the thing is, they're not they're not leaving anybody out. You know what I mean? They're like shooting aimlessly at people. Anyone who tries to step out. I have a friend whose uncle passed away the day before yesterday, and they couldn't even get out to bury him because of how unsafe the situation is. What is the situation uh, where you are in Misrata? As of today, it's pretty calm, but it's really unpredictable. Like we can't even sleep at night because every time we hear a sound, it's like automatically we think it's like a helicopter or we think it's 
firing. So it's really, really, really stressful. There have re- really, 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 really stressful. That sounds like Los Angeles. I got helicopter. I got Chinooks going over all the all the time. It's like John. It's uh, you know what? It's uh, it's it's getting really, really kind of uh, stressful here. It's stressful. <laughs> stressful. I tell you. All right. Oh, I love that soundboard. It's like I think that they, somebody botched this whole operation because I don't know what they were. They were hoping Gaddafi was going to leave like his kids scramble off to Argentina. And um, well, I disagree. Uh, I think I, I'm I think it is much bigger. It's a very ambitious plan. And of course, the idea is to go from uh, North Africa all the way down to South Africa so that, you know, we've got a clear shot. We can put a train in there to get to the soccer match. Uh, we've got uh, Egypt, we've got Libya, right underneath that we've got Sudan, George Clooney keeping watch. Then, underneath all of that, we've got the Congo, John. We've got right, the- and it has its Hollywood representative. Oh, yes, and who would that be? Ben Affleck. In this time of, of heightened concern over federal spending, some suggest that austerity demands we turn a blind eye to the crisis in Congo. What's the crisis in Congo, John? What is going on there? I don't know. What? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think uh, I'm reporting here from the Congo, John, and things are really, really bad. Ben Affleck is here to save the day. I believe nothing could be more misguided. It would simply be uh, penny-wise and pound-foolish to allow the what? Congo to... <laughs> penny-wise and pound... And the dudes behind him, her, his handlers, if you watch this video, and this is congressional hearing, and are shaking their head like, yeah, good boy, good boy, Ben. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, you go... And he's reading the whole thing. He's great. I mean, the guy knows how to... Do, he delivers. Like, of course, yeah. he's an actor. Yeah, Ben. He's go, a good you, one. You deliver, Ben. That's his, great, his Ben. His butt is, buddy, what's his name? Uh, who's the other one? The uh, Who's also getting involved in all these things. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the, the the other dude. The other, the other guy. Uh, yeah, Matt, what's his name? Uh, we got Matt Damon. Matt Damon, he's the one. And Ben Matt, Affleck. Matt Damon Matt is Affleck all over and the ben place. Matt Affleck and Ben Damon. Yeah. They oh, haven't yeah. given him a f- permanent assignment yet. No, he's, he's getting one. He's like, all right, boy, listen, here's your assignment. Did I have an assignment? You know, everybody else has got an assignment. Yeah. You know, Ben's got one, and George has got one. Boy, listen up. Here's your assignment. And by and by the way, there was some, some mention, I think, uh, Affleck, or not, uh, not Affleck, but, jeez, uh, I can't remember his name from one second to the next. Ted. No, that's already, we already know. No, uh, it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. So Matt Damon is on the Piers Morgan show. And yeah, I saw that. Oh, my God. And he's like, you know, apparently he's you know tight with Clooney, too. Duh. These guys all hang. Weren't they all in Oceans 11, 12, and 13? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So there was, um, it was actually quite interesting. Let me see if I can find this. Yeah, it's under the uh, Wag the Dog. So uh, uh, one of the ministers of parliament in the United States of Europe, I'm sorry, EU commissioner, Went off message, and I wish I had. Uh, yeah, I wish I ha- wish I had some video or audio of this. Uh, EU Observer uh, says this. He um, speaking to press at an event organized by the Malta Business Bureau. Malta, by the way, groovy hangout uh, on March fifth, uh, Friday. The EU Health Commissioner, who has a long history of business links with Libya, said, "Quote." He didn't think he had the right or anyone else to make a statement on whether Gaddafi should step down. He said. I think Gaddafi should make his own decisions. He has the assessment of the people, and he has said on TV, as he has said on TV, and here it comes, I think, uh, oh no, I think Gaddafi has made the first attempt towards uh, conciliation. And then, 
uh, where is I'm looking for this. I should have highlighted this. Uh, I want the exact quote. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm bony. Uh, paraphrasing, if I could just find it's a long article. Paraphrasing, he says, uh, "What is being shown on television is not the true situation." Duh. Yeah, but he went I off. Figure that much but he, out. But he he totally went off message. Of course. Oh yeah, he to, shouldn't have said to that. To save his own uh, skin, his own ass, his own money, or whatever he's got riding on this. To uh, you know, and by saying that, it's like wow. You know. So the one there's a little piece of there's a little factoid that floated through the ether that was I think it was picked up on CNN and kind of bounced around. Nobody paid much attention to it, but I th- I did. Which was the the comment was Gaddafi? This was, I guess took place a few days ago. Gaddafi said that he would leave, he'd quit if they just let him out of the country, you know, intact with his money. And the supposedly whoever's representing the rebels, and you know, just, I don't know that they have a representative. They said no, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't do that. No, that's not in the script. Did you see uh, Petraeus uh, welcome Gates on the? Uh, shut up. Did you see Petraeus welcome Gates on the on the runway in Libya? There. No. Check this out. It's going to be hard to understand, I think, but maybe so I can process it a bit. Here we go. Listen to this. Nah, you can't hear it. So uh, they don't know that they're being taped. You got to see the video because it's subtitled. And uh, and so Gates gets off the plane. Petraeus says, "Hey, a much bigger plane than usual. What are you doing? Going to bomb Libya?" And <laughs> and Gates says, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Well, that's kind of a funny bit that took place. Um, I have this Rumsfeld. You know Rumsfeld, who's been going around saying that Karzai is the world's greatest guy and he's not corrupt. Yeah, good old Ted. He was on O'Reilly oh. on Wednesday. Yeah, I think he's been on a couple of times. And he I don't was think on Piers Morgan, right? Saying the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and for, he's so all this money's good. This is this is Rumsfeld, Ted Rumsfeld. All he wants is he just wants a big blowjob. Can someone just blow the guy already and get it over with? I'm sorry. That's all. You know, like, oh, the money's going to charity and blah, blah, blah. If he, he'll go on anything. He'll be on, like, uh, Cribs next. Yeah, it's my sauna. It's where I work out. It's, I'm hanging here. I'm Ted. I'm Ted. Yo, to the shizzle. Rums fell. So uh, play this clip because I think it's funny because he won't even acknowledge that Obama's president. Afghanistan, Obama doing the right thing? I have a lot of confidence in, in uh, Petraeus. Yeah, I think he's he's a sensible man and a, and a fine general officer. The, the reality is that country is going to have to nation build itself. We can't nation build another. Give me country. odds of that happening. Everybody says the Afghans just not going to do that. It's too corrupt, too backward. Oh, I hear that corrupt baloney. Listen, is there a how many? Co- we already played this. We already played this uh, baloney clip. Well, there must have been a rerun. But anyway, it was I think he says the same thing over and over. Whatever yeah. the case is, I just got the biggest kick out of him saying, Baloney. I think Obama's doing a good job. I think Petraeus is doing it. He won't even say Obama. I saw um, a couple of things I saw. One was, uh, and I don't think I have a clip of this, uh, but it was on when uh, Ted Rumsfeld was on Pierce Morgan. He said, that, you know, um, Colin Powell should go in. Colin Powell should go in and talk to, I'm like, wow, there you go. 
let's 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 get the guy. Let's get the Bring guy. This up. guy out of them. He's got one foot in the. Gra- How old is he? I don't know, but he's like, yeah, you know, Colin Powell needs to go in. That's uh, that's the guy that can do it. And <clears throat> then Bill Richardson. Now this was interesting because I I watched this on the wrong television, of course. While I was having lunch, uh, my sandwich, uh, and he was on um, CNN. I think I saw this. He was with uh, Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) And, of course, these guys like Buddy Buddy, you know, oh, I've been to, we've been to North Korea together. I guess guess they can go to North Korea. Ling Ling has to get rescued by Clinton. But apparently it's okay for Wolf Blitzer. And Bill Richardson, uh, former governor of, what was he? Arkansas? Uh, He's in New Mexico. New Mexico. uh, I think it's New Mexico. He was also the uh, Secretary of Energy during the Bill Clinton days. And he said, he said something on this show. He said, you know, I think we should arm the rebels covertly. I'm like, wow. I mean, that's just coming out and saying it. You know, I think, which, of course, well, we're already doing. He's the first guy who said that. There's a bunch of guys who have said that. I know, but here's what's interesting. So I go back and I look at the interview, and the and CNN website only has a little snippet, which is an you know, irrelevant snippet, like Gaddafi should give up or whatever. And then they have a transcript of the entire interview, and that part is cut out. They don't actually have. The, I think he he. Someone said, you know, hey, we got to stop with the covert arms because that's what we're doing. You got to stop doing that. But I was able to find a clip of him saying this on one of the Sunday shows on CNN, and he goes a little bit further, meme after meme. Uh, has the U.S. handled this? Has the president handled this in a way that has made things more difficult now uh, that Ow. it looks like Muammar Gaddafi has some staying power? He's on the Viagras. Well, I believe the president has handled this crisis well. His statement two days ago that Gaddafi must go lays the cornerstone for a policy. What I think the U.S. needs to do. Now, listen carefully. If you listen to him in a different context, he's speaking the truth. So cornerstone for policy is uh, one uh, covertly arm the rebels. There we go. Let's covertly arm the rebels, which we're already doing because the rebels are, of course, uh, Al Qaeda which are financed by the CIA or God knows who these days. Uh, we should take that step. Develop a no-fly zone. I think that is going to yeah. be needed. Maybe we get the Brits and the French. This is exactly what we're going to do. The Brits and the French, who, of course, they have all the oil interests in uh, Libya. So we, we got to get, and they're already drawing up the draft. And the Italians and the Arab League. Are- and the Italians, they don't want the Libyans flooding their country. And the Arab League, for, you know, screw them. Some kind of no-fly zone is going to be necessary, mainly to send a message to Libya's military and Gaddafi that the U.S. and the, is going to kick your ass. The international community is not with them. Protect those refugees. Find ways to help those refugees. The refugees. The refugees are these are all people. They're immigrants who are working uh, shit jobs. You know, like dangerous jobs in the oil fields. And they're like, oh, let's get the hell out of Dodge. I don't. They're not Libyans. These yeah, refugees. They're trying, yeah, and they're ending up on some island off, off the Italian coast. Yeah, yeah, the Ellis Island of Italy. Throw them on there, slave island. Get out of Libya. Find ways, too, that we can develop in Libya what is called a civil society. Yeah, which is called an oil-based society. That's what he meant, code word for civil. Respect for human rights. Ooh! Uh, democratic institutions. Oh, like a BP. Uh, start now. I like <laughs> that idea of Steve Hadley's of establishing a trust. Yeah, a 
trust, a, a big oil trust. Uh, a financial trust. Uh, uh, oil trust. That, that develops those uh, democratic reforms in Libya. Yeah, so that we can uh, divvy up the oil feeds like Iraq. Get in there early. Uh, but again, there's huge... huge Get in early before uh, the Russians and the Chinese come back. Huge opportunities for American foreign policy in the Middle East. Yeah, the oil policy. Uh, to be associated with democratic institutions, with those protesters... Yeah, like Exxon. ...that want democracy and, and civil rights. And oil okay, fields. Okay, okay, I think we got the point. So uh, how come... I, now it just dawned on me. How come Anderson Cooper, who went to Egypt... Didn't go to Tripoli. The, there were no hotel rooms. The, he needed a suite. And uh, that bitch from uh, from CNN, uh, the, what's her name? Christiane well, Alpour. There's no CNN people there, according to him. Well, there's no suites available. Anderson won't go if there's not a suite. You see? That could be. Yeah. And, you know, and he wanted his own beach chair and everything. Just So anyway, I guess we, can, we, should, we need to wrap this up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is classic Wag the Dug. Uh, it is uh, a big joke. Big, big joke. And I guarantee you, the next, it's Sudan and then the Congo, because we've already got our celebrities all lined up and ready to do it. We've got Usher. Usher is a, now, of course, Mariah Carey, but now Usher is saying, oh, hey, man, I, I'm going to give the money that I made from... Uh, you know, performing from for Gaddafi. the Libya from Gaddafi, I'm going to give it to uh, human rights organizations. So we've got a huge... Because th- 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 I think this is the bottom line, John. Of course, it's obvious what's going on is we want that oil and we want the Sudanese oil. And I don't know what's going on in the Congo. Uh, they got oil there in the Congo? No, you know what this... I, I they got minerals say, in the Congo. I'm going to start researching this, but let me, for example, just read. I just did a quick thing. Congo, and let me just... This is classic. Uh, from earlier, uh, mid-2010, Congo plans oil pipeline Ooh. from Central Basin to Atlantic <laughs> in 2015. Congo wants $3 billion pipeline to Central Oil Basin. <laughs> Congo wants gas pipelines from Eastern Border to Atlantic. Congo pipeline engineering jobs. Hey, they got some jobs posted. Jobs, on oil, jobs, jobs. Oilcareers.com. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Adam Curry here reporting from the Congo. Things are really bad. Really, really bad. I think we need to apply. We need a no-fly zone over the Congo. Uh, my, buddy, my buddy Matt Damon is here. Matt, what do you think we should do? So the other one that's going to crop up, because I'm looking at this, 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 I'm looking at a stream, uh, Uganda. Well, that's, that, that's right underneath the, the Congo. Of course. It's going to build the <laughs> pipeline carrying the oil through the Congo. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hila- so the the only way we can do because we know it doesn't work. We can't go back and do uh, the weapons of mass destruction thing because that you know it, it took a lot of covering up and lying to and you know and a lot of uh, celebrity presidential slut squad distractions to get people off of that. So instead, we need uh, human oh, rights. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Stop! <laughs> I can't. I can't not interrupt you here. <laughs> Because okay. more recent news, October, because you, you have your little map. Your theory was that it's all, you know, a straight line. And now it says Congo, Kenya, Uganda. <laughs> so we have former to... ENI man plans pipeline. Yes. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute, Kenya. Angola <laughs> into Chevron pipeline. Uganda says it will be a pipeline anyway. Okay, I'm done. Right. So who are we going to put in Kenya? Who are we going to put in Kenya? We need uh, we need a celebrity in Kenya. Not we the president. Celebrity in Ke- we need the president. Kenya. The president. Uganda. 
Well, Uganda, well, Uganda is. Hi, I'm Bill Clinton here in Uganda. So Matt Damon, we got okay. Let's we'll line them up as they come out. Matt Damon's is lined. No, wait, is, for is no, we got Clooney in Sudan. He's right yeah. underneath Libya. Yeah. Hi, this is George Clooney. It's really bad here in Sudan. The rebels are fighting. We need to say quick. We need to save these people. We need humanitarian assistance quickly. All right. Then we've got Matt Damon in the Congo. I've traveled no, to this no, region it's, it's, many, many times and has never seen the fighting this bad. No, it's Affleck's in the Congo. Oh, I'm sorry. No, a Damon will be. Uh, l- then we should put Damon in uh, in Uganda. Yeah, Damon will have to go to Uganda, and then we need two <laughs> more celebrities, and we're we're got it covered. Who do we? Who can we get? Who is of the right ilk? For How this? about Bono? No, he no no <laughs> Bono screwed it up. No Bono's no good. Bono is Bono Boner. No 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 Bono's no good. Um. Maybe well, we who, could, who else is in this crowd? This this little clique. Uh, well, hold on. Let's look at Ocean's Eleven. Hold on a second. Let's look. Yeah, at it's the, probably that's where it all stems from. Ocean's Eleven. Let's just see the cast of Ocean's Eleven. Right. Um, hold on a second. We've got. Uh, I know there was another dude that we could use. Uh, Paul Nolan. Uh, uh, Elliot Gould. Now too old. Mm. No, you got to. You got to be a young hotshot. Mm. You're going to have to bring a couple new guys into the fold here. How about Oceans 12? Let me see. Well, you know, they had a couple of these Oceans thing. Yeah, they had three of them, actually. Let me just see the cast. Uh, maybe the chat room can uh, can help out. I mean, we have Angelina Jolie would be a possible. Oh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. She could be good. Julia Roberts. I think she's already done a Brad Pitt needs Don Cheadle. Work. Don Cheadle for the black, uh, the black uh, slaves. Don Cheadle. Cheadle would be good, but Cheadle Pitt. Be good. Don't forget Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, Pitt. Although yeah. he seems to go off script too much. Yeah, he's a, he's not really they, reliable. They think he's dingy. Yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, Julia Roberts could be one. I think Julia yeah, Roberts. But they, these people, the, the women aren't, aren't going to have, the, they're not, they, you know, this is a macho thing. I think that they're, yeah. they're going to be less inclined to, uh, you know, be. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but l- let's keep our eye on it. And uh, we'll have Miley Cyrus is being Andy suggested. Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia would be a good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. I think he's in jail. Uh, yeah, that's because he didn't. We wouldn't go. I mean, I think. Uh, Why yeah. is Wesley Snipes in jail? He wouldn't go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, James Franco. We could send him. Robert Downey Jr. Now these guys got too much. There, there. There's too much riding. You got to have. Uh, now Robert Downey Jr. could be a good one. He may. He might. Well, we'll just have yeah, to see. We'll keep our eye on it. Keep your eye out for. You know that uh, Clinton is doing another fundraiser and he's got uh, Drake performing. This is the. This is the new ambassadorship. This is the new thing. And it does kind of bring the whole Charlie Sheen thing home to me. That, uh, you know, so he's, he's completely, he's, you know, he's like, I'm not going to do it. They, I think Sean Penn was sent in like, hey, Charlie, man, just come with me to Haiti, you know, and, uh, and we'll make it all kind of look good and you got to do your thing. Because it's all like, it's all, it's all power control, mind so I control. I an odd piece about Sean Penn in Haiti. Oh. I have a clip. I didn't. I didn't incorporate it, but I, I'll put it on maybe the next show if, if it's necessary. But I don't think it is. So it was uh, Anthony Bourdain on No Reservations meeting with Sean Penn, who's who's apparently holed up in Haiti, and Penn is is revealing, or he says, you know, the whole thing is about art. 
He's in this huge art community. Apparently, the Haitians are like crazy artists. Well, no, that, that was the one project that Bill Clinton did is, um, you know, all those billions of dollars. They rebuilt the art building, which is the Iron Building. It's called something like that. And that's what he keeps showing. If you go to the ClintonFoundation.org, you'll see this. It's, oh, it's beautiful, and people are making pottery and stuff like that. And it, it, that's where all the rebuilding is being done. This one Iron Building, as it's called. And uh, where they make art, arts and crafts to sell to the tourists who are yeah, coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's an arts and crafts thing to yeah. sell to the tourists. tourists. But <laughs> but Penn is at the gr- ground floor of this thing. Yeah. It's actually quite interesting. Oh, yeah. Anyway. And let's move like, it. Penn, Penn is not going to be moved to Africa. He's just stuck. In the, How about the, the Kardashians? I don't know. We're, 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 we're going to have to see who crops up out of the blue. I think the Kardashians would be great. Uh, well, I think they'd be great just to ship them to Africa. <laughs> just tell them that there's a beach. There's a beach in the Congo. It's okay. You'll love it. Uganda. Y- Uganda. Y- you're going to love it. Uganda love it, baby. Uganda love Uganda it. Uganda love it. All right. We'll figure it out when it happens. We'll see. It. As soon as it happens, we'll all go, wow, that's the guy. Right. We will go, wow. Like, oh. So Jesse Jackson Jr. Yeah. Uh, have, you, have, you seen, have you seen this dude? He, I actually met him once. Really? How was he? Was he like zonked? I like him. Really? Yeah. Did you hear his uh, recent yeah. uh, diatribe? Yeah, a, you know, I, I heard it and I heard a bunch of people saying, yeah, this guy's crazy. This is nuts. But the fact of the matter is if you actually boil down what he said in, in, in some logical, weird, left-wing manner, because the big thing everyone's bitching about, I mean, I, I know what it, where this is coming from. It's from the logic that... No, you can't do that because it's not in the Constitution. You can't do that because it's not in the Constitution. You got Judge Napolitano taking over the Glenn Beck show. As it's not predicted. in the Constitution. You can't do it. If it's not in the Constitution, it's not doable. As predicted, by the way. So we predicted that very early on. Uh, and so, okay, well, then put it in the Constitution because you can put anything you want in the Constitution with an amendment. Yeah, so here's Jesse Jackson Jr., uh, Requesting just that. I believe that the answer to long-term unemployment is actually in the Constitution of the United States. Well, let me say that a little differently. It's not in the Constitution of the United States. It should be in the Constitution of the United States. And one of these days, we're going to get there. We need to add to the Constitution the right to a family to have a decent home. What would that do for home construction in this nation? What would that do for millions of unemployed people? He says we need to add to the Constitution the right to medical care. How many doctors would such a right create? He says we need to add to the Constitution of the United States the right to a decent education for every American. How many schools would such a right build from Maine to California? How many people would be put to work building roofs and designing classrooms and providing every student with an iPod and a laptop. That, uh, I, I think he needs to update it. It should be an iPad 2 and a, la- and a laptop. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to keep up. I think we should put that in the Constitution. Every, every kid needs an iPod and a laptop. So, you know, the thing about this is, yeah. Well, you could put it in. I mean, no one's going to vote it in, by the way. So it's, this is, like, ridiculous. And if it's in the Constitution, it doesn't mean that anything is going to happen. But the idea is no weirder. No weirder than the than the than the right wingers who want to ban gay marriage and put it in the Constitution. No, of course not. They're all nuts. They're all they're nuts. all nuts. John McCain has great. A lot of people sent me this, of course, 
He's talking about our great manufacturing here in these United States of Gitmo. I would also oh, really? point out that uh, if you'd emptied that house there, if you'd left a computer there or an iPad or an iPhone, those those are built in the United States of America. Yeah. Okay, John. What? Yeah. <laughs> What? The, the Where is this? What planet is this idiot from? This guy was going to be the president? The iPad is uh, built right here in these United States of America, John. Just so since, you know. You, you since want, when is the Foxconn factory in China the United States of America? Let's just listen to that again. Just make sure we heard it right. I would also point out that uh, if you'd emptied that house there, if you'd left a computer there or an iPad or an iPhone, those, those are built in the United States of America. That's right. Built right here. What what computer is built in the United States of America nowadays? The one that you build in your house. Yeah, the one that I built from Chinese parts. Yeah, it's assembled in the United. I mean, the I, the iPhones are assembled in Cupertino, which I think me, they means they put the sticker on it. Yeah, they don't do much. No, it's not like it, somebody's got a screwdriver. Unbelievable. Yeah, McCain is. <laughs> he was almost president. Whew, boy. Yeah, we missed. We, a, we dodged the bullet we with dodged that guy. The bullet, didn't we? Uh, hey, um, I'm just f- fooled with good stuff today. Well, it reminds me of George W. Uh, H. W. Bush when he finally quit the or he's out. Of, he was ousted from the presidency, and then he goes and he goes to a grocery store and he's he's completely befuddled by the uh, barcode reading system. Yeah, what's wow, that? Wow, where, where did this come this from? This is high tech. <laughs> so uh, my my friend in yours, Austin Goolsby. And there's something up with the, the, the patent system, by the way, because he did a whiteboard talking about uh, how we're going to reform the patent system, i.e., you can just like Homeland Security if you want a visa. If you're a stupid slave, you pay $300. If you, want, if you guaranteed want your visa, you pay an additional $1,000 for a total of 1300 I know because uh, someone I know has gone through this twice now. And it's like, you get it. It's like, oh, here it is, stamp, for an extra 1000 bucks. So the patent system now, they're going to guarantee um, that within 12 months you have your patent on your bogus claim. (laughs) Of course, there'll be an extra fee for that. But this is not the clip that I have. This is a clip from Austin, just to give you an idea of this jabroni. And by the way, the Supreme Court is uh, today ruling on uh, the possibility of uh, copyright, works out of copyright, bringing them back into copyright. This is another genius, genius thing. So all those Gutenberg books will be owned by Disney. Trust me. So Goolsby's at the National Association of Business Economists, I think. It's NABE is what it's called. Or Business Executives uh, NABE. 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 That sounds sounds enlightening. But I I just want you to hear, he says something. So what they're talking about is economic data. Because, of course, the economic data that we get... It's just whatever the you know jabroni J there at the White House said. Oh, jobs! You know, we created more jobs. We saved. We created. We did whatever. They just you know unemployment nine nine percent. Oh, it's all you know. Who knows? They're, they they cook it up. They just they just make it up. They calculate it differently every single time. There's always different formulas. So uh, Nabe, who I guess are a bunch of good guys who actually just hey, what is the actual economic data? And their one mantra is better economic data. Now listen to this. Nay, for everything you do, for six years I was on the Census Advisory Commission and... NABE and the Census Advisory Commission are basically the only two bodies in the United States. Strongly and totally voting issue is 
quality of our economic data. And I remember... Now, listen to this story. So this is what they're about. It was like, oh, that's right. We just want, hey, douchebag up there, we want quality of economic data. That the September 11th, September 11, 2001, the name meeting was in New York. And Alan Greenspan at that meeting filmed a series of videotapes calling for improvement of the economic data and that, that it needed to be funded. They were destroyed in the September 11th uh, attack. But, wow. He's laughing. The crowd is laughing. That the tapes of Greenspan calling for better economic data were destroyed in the 9-11 attack. What's so funny about that? And where, were they, where was this meeting held? And why is it funny? Yeah, there's something, I'm there's something very ghoulish uh, uh, uh. about... Listen to that again. At that meeting filmed a series of videotapes calling for improvement of the economic data and that, that it needed to be funded. They were destroyed in the September 11th uh, attack. <laughs> but... Hey, John. <laughs> right? Yo, what a riot. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. All right, we have a bunch of donors this week that we want to thank. Uh, and many of them are from out of the country, including uh, Damien Taman, who uh, comes in at $125 from Perth. The place I've always wanted to see. It's beautiful there. It is luscious. It is green. And it is one of the places uh, Miss Mickey and I are considering moving to. I, you know, I've heard nothing but good things about Perth. But it's like, it, it, I guess it's very easy to connect to Asia from Perth because it's on that left coast. It's beautiful. It's just yeah, it's luscious uh, and green and nice. Damien says, well, I've been a $5 a month subscriber for some time now. I feel it necessary to make more significant contributions since your show has kept me sane, barely, while working over here in crazy Papua New Guinea. Papua, uh, Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, Papua. which is another cool place, I suppose. Your <laughs> constant insights and media assassination makes me realize that even a small fraction of what you talk about, is, if it's true, we are all truly screwed and I Please. think that's the way you can sell our show to other people. Hey, if only 1% of what these guys are saying is true, you're screwed. <laughs> he needs an in the morning to his amazing girlfriend, Jane. In the morning. Which means they probably something goes on in the morning. They're doing it in the morning. That's right. And, of course, we did mention uh, Jan Persil's uh, Hamburg Deutschland's $111.11. And uh, then we got Thomas Nussbaum. Sir Thomas, I'm sorry, Virginia yes. Beach, yeah. number three for Nicole to become a dame. I didn't receive the Shills night letter. Ring size is 11 for uh, Thomas Nussbaum, Sir Thomas Nussbaum, size 11. That's a big finger, isn't it? I think. I don't know. I don't know what the sizes are. Vernon White, but it's good to have a size 11 after giving $111.11 because 11, 11, 11 is coming up. Yep, that's right. How about that? Vernon White, a black knight, Vernon White, that is. I'm adding $111.11 to get karma missed on 284 to help my job search since I've been out of work since June of 2009. Wow. All right, let me give some of that to him right now then. Here you go, buddy. You've got karma. He lives in Perland, or Pearland, I'm sorry, Pearland, Texas. He wants to correct. I think I said Pearland or something like that. Craig Peters in Hatboro, Pennsylvania, 99.99. Niner, uh, niner, niner, niner. 
I have become an executive producer. I have, a, I have an executive producer check coming your way soon, but in the meantime, I was compelled to donate ASAP after listening to episode 284. This quad niner, let's hear it, Adam, you already did it, yep. is for the noodle douchebag clip in the discussion <laughs> that followed. Uh, that- oh, oh, that, oh, a lot of people uh, commented on that. That was the, the kid who was like, Hey man, you know, like we have to show up to work at a certain time and make the noodles oh, yeah. a certain way, man. That's just not okay. Should we play that again? Yeah, I get it. Go get it. Uh, okay. I love that clip. It was, you know, it was just hilarious. Actually, it was a throwaway clip, which made it even more interesting. Um, I have it. Well, you're getting. I'll read off the, what we're going. He's also got the, the going to be the owner. Of I have it here. I have it here. PR.com and wagthedug. I have it. Here we go. Well, like I described earlier, there are two fundamental classes that are just a plain fact in society. You either work for someone else or you work for yourself. And most people work for someone else in a way that they aren't free. Um, You don't really get to decide your work. For example, I work at Noodles, a restaurant, and basically it's a dictatorship there. Um, We're totally A dictatorship there! How are we going to cook it? What time are we going to get there? And basically, if they don't like what they're doing, they try to tell us what to do. If we don't listen, they get rid of us. And so. That's so horrible! Tell us what time to get there and how to make it's the noodles. It's a dictatorship. I tell you, noodles is a dictatorship. <laughs> Hold on, it should be like this. I'm here at the noodles, and the dictators are telling me what time to show up, and I've got to do all kinds of horrible things, John. I've got to make the noodles a certain way. Help us. <laughs> New donor Andrew Terry um, from Brackley, Northamptonshire. UK, small token from a long-time listener, first-time donor. Please shout out to at LaFaud, L-E-F-O-D. I know he's listening from his bunker in France. Right All on. Right. I don't know if we're supposed to shout out he's a douchebag or what. Well, how, why don't we try this? Limitan. There you go. A little louder. You're, you're, you're got it. It's fine for me. Limitan. Paul Alvis in Toronto, Ontario, working my way to knighthood. Next show, you'll donate amount based on how many listeners go to crackpotcommand.com or www.buzzkillbunker.com and sign up as a website member. Ooh. Okay, we'll go. We'll Try see. That, yeah. I'm going to be adding a, uh, uh, Eric DeShill. Get those robots up. We'll see what the, what's, what's <laughs> Ro- going on. What robots? We got robots <laughs> on this show? We got robots. Oh, cool. I'm going to be adding a section where users can plan no agenda meetups soon. That's a good idea. And I also, if I miss the no agenda PR links, please let them know they can con- contact me. And I'll be glad to add it to the crackpot command. $66.66. William Hamblin, Nashville, Tennessee, $60. Andrew Sawyer, Vancouver, BC, 50 David Middlebrook, uh, Elon Aberdenshire, UK, $50. John Tarada, another $50 from Pasadena, California. And here we go. Uh, Chris Keelan, Sir Chris. <laughs> ich bin nicht over het parad getild. Ich sit ab het parad as reader. Not bad, John. I'm getting better? So this is a, a throwback to uh, this wonderful Dutch proverb, which is being over at paard getild, uh, i.e. someone boosted, uh, a per- you were boosted up so high onto the horse that you fell off on the other side. What John meant to say was, ik ben niet over het paard getild, ik zit op het paard, als ridder. So I have not been hoisted over the horse, I'm on the horse as a knight. <laughs> nice. That's I thank you, Chris. I mean, Chris is, uh, he's going to get there, man. Oh, he is a, he's already a knight. Yeah, he's Sir Chris. He's Sir Chris. Well, I do, he's, say so it properly. Had, 
We have uh, Matthew Belmar from Wolcott, Connecticut. Last time I donated in late summer 2009, you pronounced both my last name and my town wrong. Belmar. Good job, like John. Bell. <laughs> Good job. Bell, that you ring like a, and mayor, Bell Mayor, like a female horse. Okay, Bell Mayor. And Wolcott, like wool cloth. So it's Wolcott. All right. So I also use some, he can use some karma. He needs it. Okay. Coming at you, my friend. You've got karma. Now, now Matthew is a classic donor. He doesn't, he's a student and he can give us $50. I don't see why other people can't help us out. Really? And then finally, Tristan Lennon, Sir Tristan from, from my favorite place, Wagga Wagga. That's where I want to move. I want to move to Wagga Wagga. I would love to see, at least see Wagga Wagga. Uh, $50 and then Tristan Wilson Kerrigan in Padbury, Westerns, Australia. We had a lot of Aussies on uh, today's uh, donor list. That's nice. That's because Chelsea Lately is doing her show from there this week. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love that show. That is yeah, a good yeah. show. So and I love the Australians. It. I love them. I love them. Uh, we got to go. We got to go to John. We're crazy. We don't go to Australia. Uh, it's a long haul. And uh, so we anyway we have a couple other miscellaneous. Give, give James Williams some karma. He looks like he's gonna he, maybe he'll give us more money. You've got karma. And we have a uh, ChicagoPolice.net and ChicagoCops.com both linking to No Agenda Show. And nice. we want to thank all the donors, no matter how much they gave for helping us out for this show. Div- and, uh, oh, sorry. And hit it. <laughs> Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And you'll find links on the uh, noagendashow.com, also at the uh, noagendanation.com slash donate or slash N-A, but you'll, I think it's on the homepage, too. I'm uh, reading this book called Moonwalking with Shakespeare, The Art and Science of Remembering. Uh, about halfway through it, but already it's like, oh, you my. Forgot it, the, you forgot what page you're on? <laughs> it's very interesting. The guy who wrote it was a journalist who uh, was sent, uh, for, I think, for Slate to cover... Uh, one of these memory competitions, and he winds up uh, uh, in the finals of the memory competition because he figures out how to do it. And uh, and there's a and but it's not really a how-to book on how to do it. Although the the trick is in there, and I've practiced this, and I'm going to be doing it. It's amazingly fun when you know. Oh how well, to let do me it. take a look at when you're done. I mean, I used to have a good, better memory than since I can't remember Matt Damon's name. But uh, when <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, it, it was better three years ago, John. <laughs> but I, it's it's a matter of practice because I recall when I was a um, receiving clerk for International Harvester. Uh, there were these long numbers you'd have to remember. You didn't have to remember them, but if you didn't remember them, you were, you know, you were going to spend a lot of time like looking back and forth. It is so easy. Once you know the concept of memory palaces, it is so easy uh, to do this. Then it's just practice. But you know, there's a lot of things that are, that are harder, but, um, he does go very deep into the whole idea of how jingles work. org slash N A. And that these are non-erasable. You cannot actually erase that from your memory. Yeah. Dvorak.org slash NA. That one, I, every once in a while, I start thinking about it. I can't get it out of my brain. But let's do our birthday call out for Jan. Really big list today. Yum Persil, uh, who of course is uh, one of our donors, no longer a boner, celebrating his birthday today. Yum, we wish you a very happy birthday from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show, Adam and John, and of course all the producers out there in Gitmo Nation. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was a little bummed out because uh, more bummed out 
So I thought, oh, I have a great idea. Sorry. I have a great idea. I'll, uh, I'll start adding books to the Big App Show, which I've done, adding book reviews. And uh, do you know that uh, with the Amazon Associate Affiliate Program, you can't link, link directly to Kindle books? Oh, interesting. I'm like, what the F is that? Where they have all the control. But, I mean, you, you can link to uh, any hardcover or softcover or secondhand book, but you can't link directly to Kindle books. That was yeah, you know why? Because, obviously, you would, you'd be making too much money. Because most people that would be doing linking in the first place probably have a Kindle or some device that reads Kindle right. books. Well, you can read it on your iPhone like or Android. I know. It's pissing me off. It's like What's the whole wrong? idea. Yeah. Well, uh, where's Barnes and Noble when you need? Them? I mean, these guys have never, you know, they've never picked up the yeah, slack. It's horrible. It's horrible. Something very interesting. Uh, you know, Russia and Gitmo Nation vodka or borscht, as you prefer. Um, they uh, they've been rebranding their police force. And uh, what's funny is that, uh, and of course, I don't speak Russian, so I'm just going by what I'm uh, what I'm reading. But the video of this is fantastic. So they've changed their name, and uh, the abbreviation is OMOH of their of their police force, OMOH, which, of course, if you turn that around, it's HOMO. <laughs> and uh, so there's this squad now, these girls, and the, the YouTube video is fantastic. So uh, when you're driving down the road and you look in your rear view mirror, you, you see, see a homo. homo after you. <laughs> That's right, homo, homo, stop. <laughs> so it's homo, but they they're really re- it's the new friendlier uh, police force. And because of this, because it's it's such a joke, there are girls now going up to all. Thank you, darling. Going up to the Russian, the female Russian police officers, and kissing them on the mouth like tongue. And the whole video is just because the whole video, um, and they're, they're calling it an art pro- project. Yeah, I call it fake. No, 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 no. This is not fake, dude. Hold on a second. You should, you should really see this, dude. Dude, you should really see this. This is it's phenomenal. They're, it's they're calling it street art, but it's just video after video of these girls uh, running up to these these female cops and just like tongue kissing them, and it's Ooh. it's hot. It's totally great. And I think... Uh, you going to send me a link? Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. It's funny, when I'm trying to move the cursor uh, of my Mac that I'm running the show <laughs> off of, trying to, I'm trying to, uh, to pull it into my laptop screen. Of course, it doesn't actually go that far. <laughs> hold on a second. You will, you will love this when you see it. Hold on. Street art of the day. I'll also paste it into the chat room. I think the human resources will appreciate it. Yeah, try that. I'm going to paste this into the chat room so we all can enjoy this. This is a, this is a, a moment, everyone together now. And they're just doing it all uh, everywhere. And, 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 and the, the Russian uh, cops, these women, they're hot. So I see. Well, you're probably right. This is real because the That's Russian cops are pissed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Omo. Oh, Mo. Oh, just well, crazy. this one girl decided to give her the kiss back. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's a beautiful thing. Russia's becoming a, also a possible destination for living now. <laughs> How about Hawaii, John? What do you know about Hawaii? Cause I'm, go, we used to go to Hawaii once or twice a year. 
because I'm looking at real estate prices. For what I'm paying here, I can have like five bedrooms, 15 acres on the beach. So it depends on what island you're talking about. Who cares? About. Who cares? As long as there's internet. That's the difference. It's boring on some of those islands. I don't, but the, I, I don't need excitement. I need internet. Uh, yeah, you do. I need internet. I need internet. That's all. That's all I need. Hi, Adam. Big whoa, fan. This world, whoa, this is, she really planted one. Yeah, on that's not <laughs> fake, John. That's real. Admit it. Well, yeah, no, this doesn't look fake. Hi, Adam. Big fan. <laughs> it's like the attacks this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. It's hot, isn't it? And they're like, whoa, what's hot. going on? I love it's, it. It's, it's, Nothing it's like beautiful. lesbian MILF cops. This is Russia. Way to go. Hey, comrades. Loving it. It's very funny. I have to blog this. Uh, hi, Adam. Big fan of the show. I wanted to let you know. Oh, hold on. I actually should uh, play this for a second. And now, back to real news. Big fan of the show. I wanted to let you know, we got a tip. This is from one of our medical uh, producers, who shall go unnamed, uh, as he calls himself, my liaison in the belly of the beast. Wanted to let you know, we got a tip regarding a medication called Zaconotide, uh, trade name Prealt. The tipster <coughs> alleges Charlie Sheen has been taking the stuff, and this is what's driving him crazy. Apparently, the stuff is a lot more powerful than morphine has some gnarly side effects, which include, like, bipolar behavior. <laughs> have you heard of this uh, pre-alt stuff? No, I, we don't have it. Has, I, don't, I never hear of a drug unless it's been advertised heavily on television. Well, this is, if you go to drugs.com, pre-alt is a non-narcotic pain reliever that uh, works by blocking pain signals from the nerves to the brain used to treat severe chronic pain in people who cannot use or do not respond to standard pain-relieving medications. Zyconotide is derived from the toxin of the cone snail species Conus magus. Yeah. Scientists have been intrigued by the effects of the thousands of chemicals in marine snail toxins since the initial investigations. That's probably what he's drinking. He keeps saying he's drinking some weird stuff. Yeah, that's tiger blood. That's his tiger blood. It's the, it's got to be this stuff. And the effects of these toxins from his childhood in the Philippines. Some scientist was fascinated by this stuff. This stuff, Zaconotide, was discovered in the early 1980s by the University of Utah research scientist Michael McIntosh. When he was barely out of high school and working with this guy, Oliveira. Zaconotide was developed into an artificially manufactured drug by Elon Corporation. It was approved for sale under the name Prealt by the U.S. FDA in 2004. Isn't it a beautiful thing? It's always something. Um, hey, breaking news. It's, in other words, it's basically, it's basically a, a toxin that snails use to keep alive by killing their prey. And now, of course, being the Hollywood uh, denizen, we we take it. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, John. Breaking news coming through the No Agenda Network, noagendanewsnetwork.com. Uh, breaking news. We know that uh, the Chinese spy, uh, Gary Locke, is now being sent over to China to become ambassador. He's being retired. Right? You read about this, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I have, actually. So he is the Commerce Secretary... Uh, he's of Chinese descent, and he's done enough spying now. So uh, he's taking—I you know, guess he's taken a bag full of secrets over there, and he's become ambassador. Breaking news: According to Bloomberg, who is in line to be the next U.S. Secretary of Commerce? Bloomberg, Eric Schmidt. 
Oh, well, we knew we were gonna, they were going to put him somewhere. Former CEO of uh, Well, we of predicted, Google. of course, that he's going to end up running the intelligence agency. Well, is there any difference if you're running no, commerce? I think there is. Commerce is pretty weak. Yeah, it's a gig, though. Yeah, it's a gig. Once he's in, yeah, once you're in, into that, you're in. you know, it's yeah, like a milieu. Yeah, once, once you're, you're in. in, then they just start bouncing you around because you're now an expert. Yep. And so then you'll be bounced from here to there, and the next thing you know, he'll be ahead of uh, the CIA, the NSA, or that, or the or the guy in the middle, that, that new guy, which is what he should be doing. Yeah, anyway. from uh, uh, I don't see that Eric the Schmidt, the chief DIA. science officer for Sun Microsystems and CTO <laughs> at Novell and and CEO of Google, a search engine company, it should be the head of commerce. Can't you find a professor or somebody? It's that, just know, a start. Well, it's just a start. It's just a start. But he's in. They got to get him in. They get him in. Move him up. That's the yeah. Boy Scouts marching song. So we had a little bit of biodiversity in our own backyard uh, this week. Uh, Redondo Beach, California, where uh, millions of sardines died and floated to the surface. Do you have a theory on this? Because I got one. Uh, I'm sure mine won't be as entertaining. Well, then you I would go assume, first. <laughs> I, I would assume... Uh, well, there's a couple possibilities. I'll give you a crack crackpot one. They've been finding a lot of uh, marine life has been uh, huge kill-offs and dead zones and all the rest of it from underground volcanoes that have been leaking out lots of uh, methane and other gases. And it's quite possible that a crack is uh, formed underneath that area just offside the shell, outside the shelf there in Southern California, which is a precursor to a massive earthquake, which is exactly. going to knock your house off nope, the hill. Nope. You know, it's so funny you say that because that this is absolutely, I believe, we've got the big one coming in California. And uh, just like in New Zealand, what did we have uh, just days before the big one? We had whales beaching themselves. So this is it. It's coming. It's coming. We've got, you know, we've got uh, bottles of water. The big one's going to hit California. And you're going to laugh at me. Of course, we had, uh, this is HARP, by the way. This is not any biodiversity. This is HARP. They're tuning it up, and uh, they misfired. Wait, wait they, hold on a second. Hold on a they second. They hit Japan with a 7.2. I, I, I keep notes now. February 24th at 9.15 on this show, you said, no quake in Southern California. No way. Change, change the story. I'm allowed. Hey, if the president can keep Gitmo open, I can change my earthquake machine story. And it's a moving target, but it's this is it. I give it. Uh, I give one week, one week, one week, one week. Big one hitting. What was, in the, one what week. was the what was the lag time between the the whales? Couple days, beach? couple days. All right. Well, if I argued, buckle down. I would wear a seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. No, I wish I could have one of those leashes you put on your kids. Um. Of course, the Los Angeles Times says, well, this is uh, because there's no oxygen because of an explosive growth of algae, and that's because of global warming. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you that. very much. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you can make anything. The stock market crash can be blamed on global warming. Yeah, well, it will be. Oh, if only we had bought some more carbon credits. So I've been following these water meters, and uh, this is... Uh, unbelievable story i'll just play the, the first minute or so of this clip of uh these residents in uh, i forget where it is now let me see well i'll play the clip and i'll remember they have their smart meters installed we're mad atlanta residents atlanta we're mad clearly have had enough 
for you to expect us to, to think that four million gallons of water is leaking somewhere on our property and not showing up is absolutely mind-blowing. We were taking a shower every day. Now we're skipping sometimes because we're trying to save the water. For more than three years, Atlanta, a city of more than a half million residents, has been bombarded with complaints of outrageous water bills. Now remember, I told you that I was going nuts over the water bills here. Like it, it, it's, I'm, I'm paying like five, six hundred dollars a month in water. It's Mickey and I, you know, it makes no sense. No. Similar complaints are popping up around the country in places like Cleveland, Charlotte, Tampa, and California, Brockton, Massachusetts. But the water bill war is nothing like in Atlanta. Just ask Wilda Cobb. I feel like I'm going crazy. Cobb lives by herself in this 1,800-square-foot home. Her water bill averages 30 to $40 a month until it began going up more than $1,200 in November. <laughs> what happened before this water bill went up, John? What do you think happened? Hello? No, tell me. What are you doing? What are you, are you pooping? No, I had to get a glass of water. Oh, jeez. Hey, that's a very expensive thing you're doing there. Yeah, this glass of water now cost me... What do you think happened? Well, $50. well, what do you think happened? Well, let's listen. For December bill, nearly $6,900. <laughs> this is great. Cobb now owes more than $10,000. And city inspectors found no leaks. For me to have to... Remember when they were... Oh, I'll, I'll, I don't want to give it away. Take the time to do this. And then there's Debbie Scarborough. Her water bill shot up more than $3,000 after two months of huge spikes last summer. This is another bill, another month. She even hired two plumbers to prove there was no leak. Five years ago, the city hired a company to replace its aging water meters with automatic meter reading devices. Ah, there you go. It's the smart meters. And if you'll recall, the main selling point of the smart meters was to be able to detect leakage. So what they're doing now is they are raping us. And I'm sure the, uh, so I just uh, this only really happened this morning that I found all this. I'm sure these sw- smart meter companies are getting a piece of the back end. But this, this is a 10-minute report of nothing but people who live in you know modest homes with thousands of dollars of water bills, and then it's like you know, you, they have no leaks, no nothing. No, you're just using too much water, slave. And it's rampant. And it's yeah, all I of these smart meters. It's happening with electricity. All these smart meters yes, are it doing is. electricity bills, too. It's we a, had that locally. And, In fact, and, my bill went way up for some unknown reason. And you just, Well, no, it, it, the reason is known. You just had a smart meter installed. Remember, you told me that. You had a smart meter installed. They did it on the outside. You had nothing to do with it. And now all of a sudden, your electricity bill skyrockets because it's theft. They're stealing from you. Yeah. I'm actually getting very angry because when you, when you, I mean, our bills, it's out of control. It's, and we have like uh, soft lighting, you know, with a transformer. We don't even have, we don't have light bulbs. And the water, it's just off the, off the chart. So they're installing these smart meters, and I think that the companies, you see, they go and they interview one of these guys, total jabroni, douchebag, 
I think they're on the back end. I think they, they get a piece of the back end because they also do collections, remember? They do collections. They don't just uh, measure it with Wi-Fi. They drive by and they, they collect all the data wirelessly. But they do the collections as well. So they're on the, they're on the back end of this because, you know, that's what you get paid for. You get a percentage of collections. They're just jacking up everybody's rates. And say, yeah, well, well that sounds like an out-and-out out scam. And, of course, we don't have any public utilities commissions anymore with any balls or any power. Nope. Because it's all been taken away from them during the deregulation period where we don't need, actually, any regulation whatsoever. And so this is the, this is the direct result for all you out there. And I know there's a bunch that listen to this show who are deregulation absolutists. Oh, you don't need regulations. The free market will take care of it. And this is what you get. Corruption. Free market works great when it's not corrupt. So now we're going to have to go. Who do you sue? Who do you sue? You have to take them to small claims court or something. I don't know what you're going to do. It's it's somebody's got to. Somebody me. will come up with a model to sue them to get their money back, and hopefully they'll find a judge who's not a you know just some dumb jerk off that's sitting there doing nothing. You know, like they I think they're all used John, to masturbate no, underneath his John, robes. They're all in on this. This is the this is the takedown of the people. They're all in on it. They are all in on it. I got to go look at my water bill, and I'm going to freak out. I know because I know the water bill is going to be like seven eight hundred dollars a month. And we don't. What do I cook a little bit? We take showers. We don't. I think the one way to go about this, if it's possible, is it is to. Uh if you could re-meter your, uh, your meters, in other words, put another, turn off the thing and then put another meter on. Yeah, but on. meanwhile, they've got the ultimate control over you because they can shut it off remotely, flick of the switch. Not all of them are two-way yet, but uh, they have that capability, easily upgradable. No, no, no. Yeah. This is a huge scam, and a lot of people, it's going slowly. It's like those <clears throat> the Chinese uh, and the Russian credit card dudes. What they do is they uh, they steal your card, but they don't charge <clears throat> like a thousand dollars. You'll see a charge show up for two dollars. It'll be some, some kind of fee, and they do this with a million people, and they got you know two million dollars a month just from one little scamage. Go ahead, I ha- I've seen it. I've seen it on my credit card, I, 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 and I refuse payment on it. And uh, but they're getting greedy now. It's just like <laughs> stupid slaves. <laughs> just take your money. Oh, you don't want to pay your water bill? Oh well, it's gonna, you're gonna get really thirsty. Oh, you don't like electricity? Well, oh, just going to turn it off. And all the whole cover is biodiversity and global warming and carbon and, and a bad. Well, how's this going to work with your uh, your battery car, douchebags? <laughs> now it's it's it well, scares the bejesus about it. It scares the bejesus out of me, and we've got to do something about it. Yeah. Well, they screwed up with that woman who's giving her a $6,000 bill. Yeah. No, they, they went a little too far on that one. Yeah. But, of course, they'll come up with some bogus, oh, it was a mistake. It was a faulty meter. It yeah, won't happen yeah. again. Yeah, we'll fix it. Don't worry about it. But meanwhile, so you, you just said it yourself. Your electricity went up for some reason. Have you changed your habits? Not really. How much is, uh, like, $10, $20, $100? No, it doubled. And wh- what do you pay a month, if you don't mind me asking? I pay it well, and this last bill that jerked up out of the blue went to $1,000. What? You're one dude in the house. Yeah. What are you running? You're running uh, 
something special in the basement? I w- if I was growing pot, at least it would make some excuse. <laughs> you might have to. And I, I might have to. We don't get more donations. This is crazy, man. Yeah, this we're gonna, we're gonna, we're working on it. So I think this is something. I, I, I don't know. We have to find some mechanism to sue him because I know it's bogus. This is something Mimi should sink her teeth into because she's she she notices this stuff. I'm sh- I'm sure she said, John, what are you doing? I'm sorry, she doesn't yeah. talk like that, of course. But John, what are you doing? What are, what are, what are you using double the electricity? You got like hookers in there when I'm not around? What are you doing? You got like so, a yeah disco ball and like fl- strobe lights. What are you doing, John? So play a clip so I can go hang up this phone. Somebody's calling. What? Cl- oh. Okay, I'll play a clip of, uh, go ahead. Uh, this is uh, Lucy Napolitano, on, uh, uh, on, and who's buddy-buddy with, uh, eh, who's the, who's the dude uh, who's on CNN? What's his name again, John? Uh, you don't give a shit. What's the, uh, what's the, uh, the guy who's going to run for president? Romney. No, not Mitt Romney, the other guy. Huckabee. Oh, that guy's not so, running for any. Hey, by the way, I just picked up the phone, and it was a recording that says, we apologize, we reached your number in error. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What was it, you think? The water company. <laughs> Pay up, slave. <laughs> so Lucy is on uh, the Huckabee show, and uh, they're good buddies. And uh, and uh, he's, he's, he, this is an amazing little interview. And she, by the way, wow, she, she she could be a Russian cop. Uh, she uh, she talks about using the word terror, and uh, Huckabee says, you know, hey, should we really be using this word all the time? Now, in the interest of full disclosure, you and I have been longtime friends from being governors during the same time and sharing uh, the podium at the National Governors Association. But I'm going to get right to the point: Is there a reluctance on the part of this administration to use the term terrorism or jihadism? No. Uh, <laughs> no. Just, uh, just uh, no. There's no we we love it. Uh, I use it all the time. I, I I say honey terrorist. Hey baby terrorist. Oh, terrorist. Uh. She wakes up in the morning and goes, "Oh, what terrorist is it?" Oh. Uh and in fact, uh in testifying before the Congress just a few weeks ago, I reminded uh the Congress and the American public that the threats to the United States, they've evolved over time. We're not seeing the same kind of plots we saw plots. pre-9/11, you know, massive international infiltrations of the United States to weaponize airplanes. Fl- John, massive infiltrations. Are you still on the phone? Massive, in- no, I'm not on the phone. Massive the phone. infiltrations, weaponizing planes. Weaponizing. Well, when was this? Well, how come this hasn't been reported? <laughs> well, it's just, let's listen. Over time, we're not seeing the same kind of plots we saw pre-9-11. You know, massive international infiltrations of the United States to weaponize airplanes, fly them into buildings. But we're seeing lots of other things. Yeah, you know, like weaponizing planes, fly them into buildings. Ooh, massive yeah. infiltration. When was this? This interview? No. When was this taking place? This massive infiltration it's, to weaponize as we places? as we speak. That's why she's reminding you: terror is real. Smaller things, uh, individual things, one or two people perhaps acting together makes it a lot more difficult for law enforcement to detect, to to prevent, and that's why we're we're asking people when they when they see something to say something. Oh, hold on a second. We have to. Uh Where's my jingle? Here we go. If you see something, say something. That's why we're really working with our governors, our mayors, to, to really uh, share information about what the terrorist threat is to our own country. When P.J. Crowley mentioned, you know, that we weren't sure what it was. 
P.J. Crowley is the uh, spokeshole for uh, Hillary Clinton. At that time, we know this guy had screamed out, you know, God is great in Arabic. Uh, there was clear indications from his Facebook page and his communications that he had been consulting with jihadists. So is it fair to say the biggest threat we have in terms of uh, national security, not in, the, in the specific sense, is that threat from uh, Arabs. jihadists. Arabs! Arabs! I call them Arabs! Well, um, I, I will say that certainly what we have seen in, in the... Sir, John, it's time to talk to your chief. Certainly what I've seen is uh, Muslims and Islamists. ...last several years um, is a growth of uh, al-Qaeda and al-Qaeda-related groups around yes. the world. AQAP, al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Yes, it's, it rolls off the tongue so nicely. AQAP, LGBT, AQAP. Um, uh, we've seen uh, al-Qaeda in the Maghreb, for example. Al-Qaeda in the Maghreb. Where's the Maghreb? Maghreb? I think it's Morocco, isn't it? I don't know what she's talking about. Uh, and we see um, with the Internet as an accelerant. The an accelerant. Oh, John. Oh, the, a nice term from CSI. The, uh, yes, accelerant. Accelerant is the shit that you, th sorry, is what you throw on the fire to make it burn faster. Accelerant. The Internet's an accelerant. we got to shut it down. Kind of the connection between groups abroad and individuals in the United States. So it's fair to say that a small. <laughs> Al-Qaeda on Maghrib. We got we got terrorists in McDonald's, John. It's, it's the Al Qaeda in Macrib. Small percentage or small number of individuals who are uh, Muslim and, and acting in a misguided name of Muslim. Uh, we call them Islamists. Um, oh, let's take note of that. Can you write that in your book? I'm writing it down. We call them Islamists. Have uh, plotted or planned, and they've been intercepted. Um, Zazi, Faisal Shahzad, to, to give you two mm -hmm. examples. But there the are only others two. as well. Yeah. So we don't want to make the terrorism aperture too narrow. It's not just about the terrorism, terrorism aperture. aperture. Ooh, it's nice. We've got to open that hole. <laughs> She's talking about a sphincter. Why don't you say it? <laughs> just a like terrorism sphincter. We want All right, well, where's this going? Where's it? What do you mean, where is it going? Here, it's going to this. It's going to this next, this next question where he says, hey, hold on a second. You and your Department of Homeland Security, you know, a guy got through with box cutters. Uh, how would you... Uh... Yeah, that's play, which, of course, encourages them to take further action. But oh, no, so, no. So Huckabee right. plays right into their hands. Uh, she, she does it even better. First of all, when you get to the check, the actual checkpoint at the airport, Check there part. have been multiple... Multiple layers. Multiple layers in the sphincter of security. Layers of uh, activities that have already been uh, uh, undertaken uh, in our effort to make sure that we're focused on, on the right uh, places. But we still right get people. a box cutter through is what happened last week. That, all right, here it comes. That's right. And that, and that, then we go through. That's why we have multiple layers. Why? Because <laughs> you always have to plan for human error. When you think about the United States, that's great. Yeah. Didn't did he mention that it didn't work? There's multiple no, layers. No, of course crap. not. Of course not. But she's like, that's right. That's why we have multiple layers. Yeah, the stewardess saw it when it fell out of the guy's bag. Uh, that's a layer. It's a layer. Okay, that's well, here's what, here's what we're, we're kind of missing. And I think this idiot Huckabee doesn't help things much. No, of course <laughs> the not. The TSA has recently, and we both have this article, has recently been kind of scolded and, and the... Um, the Amtrak people are completely bent out of shape because the TSA decided, because they have this team called these Viper teams. Viper. Hold on a second. It's the Viper team coming to, oh, why did it go? Oh, no, it crashed. Oh, this is not good. Hold on a second.
Viper team coming to a train station near you. So they came and they and they stopped the, the people leaving a train in Savannah, Georgia, and wanded them. And there's a video floating around about this, showing a little nine year old getting wanded. And they had some kid sitting down, and he and they were wanding his feet. They had to stick his feet up when he was wearing socks, and they're <laughs> wanding the socks. And so the the Amtrak guy got bent out of shape, and and nobody can figure out why they're wanding and 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 checking and questioning all these people getting off of a train. And by the way, where's Obama with his, oh, you know, the train, the high-speed rail, you won't need to take off your shoes. They're taking off their shoes, getting off the train. It's, meanwhile, it's worse than what he said wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah it's worse. <laughs> and then meanwhile, in Washington State, they have a test program that's only being picked up by the, by the Pacific Northwest newspapers, actually only by the Seattle Times, where the TSA, the Viper teams, have decided to, they've got a new one, they're going to try it out. So they've been trying this out at the Seattle airport where they come on the plane. What? After the plane is boarded, this is documented. After the plane is boarded, the TSA comes on the plane, eyeballs everybody, <laughs> and then has them take down their luggage from this, the carry-on and, and go through it. They start filtering through your your luggage again. Listen up, slaves. You see this badge? This badge I got? This means I got power. Power over you. So shut up. Meanwhile, really? there was a, an incident report last year where this kind of thing happened at the Greyhound bus station in Tampa, Florida, where yeah, we they were the Viper teams came out to check on the people getting on the bus <laughs> just in case. <laughs> that was because they might be smuggling money. Remember so that? These, we played that clip. <laughs> so these guys are completely out of control. They do, they, they're not doing, there's a waste of the taxpayers' money. It's an insult to everybody. And it's obviously they're, you know, it's the for, the way I'm seeing it, it's the formation, the subtle formation of a secret police and a bunch of Gestapo. It's literally. Not, it's not so subtle. It's not that so when they're coming on the plane now and eyeballing you. Oh, let's take a look at this guy. Looks suspicious. <laughs> It's uh, it's unbelievable. Of course, Huckabee doesn't bring any of this stuff up. He just asks about the box cutters, implying that they're not doing a good enough job so they should maybe up the ante. Who is he? Ki what is he, nuts? That whole thing was rigged. That was a bunch of bull crap. This is this has gone completely out of control, and it's a, it's a shame that the public is still putting up with it to such an extreme. I mean, still in India, they won't, they won't let you have full-body scans. And the latest one... The rejection of full-body scanners is, of all places, Dubai. They say, screw you. We're not going to put these things in our airports. How's uh, that going to work? There was a... I don't know if I have it. There so was I have to go through a full-body scanner to fly from San Francisco to Seattle, but I can fly from the Middle East to New York <laughs> City without one? Yeah. What's your problem? Why are you making waves, boy? You want, you want change to put in the Constitution? We have power. It's in the Constitution. They can't do this. Yeah, well, show me. I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm dismayed. But again, it's all this... <laughs> John, let's, let's, let's try and do a third show, seriously. I mean, if... Why? It, because I think that there's enough to talk about, and I think that the giving levels will increase enough to take up the slack. If not, we're, we need to do more. We need to, do, we need to help people and fight back against this, and we're just missing too much. We're not able to connect enough things on a, on a weekly basis without that Tuesday show. We're just I'm not able to connect There's all no these things. There's no material between there Sunday is, and Tuesday. What are That's you talking problem. about? It, you have one day, Monday. There is tons of material. 
there's tons of material. Maybe uh, it's too long. Maybe we have to change the whole schedule. It's too long between Sunday and Thursday. We're missing good stuff, stuff that people right. need to know. What? Well, did you go? What? Well, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> You're not on board with my program. I mean, yeah, of course. Okay, vaccines. Let me talk about vaccines for a uh. second. <laughs> um, I realized that I, uh, you know, I've mentioned many times how we went through all the reports uh, of all the pharmaceutical companies and uh, that they're all like, vaccines is the big bonanza. There's no regulation. You're giving medicine to people who aren't sick. You know, it's, it's a great way to make money. And all the CEOs... are not subject to any liability issues. And, of course, if someone dies, tough crap. Supreme Court has ruled. That tough. What I neglected to remind everybody of is that all of these companies... See, there's, nothing, there's, there's no new stuff coming out. And the patents are expiring, which, of course, is why they're now... You know, why uh, Goolsby is now to, oh, we'll, we'll do something with the patent process. You watch. You watch what they're going to do. Pfizer, who makes Lipitor. Now, sales of Lipitor, we've discussed this before. The sales of Lipitor were larger than the entire music industry in 2009. This is the uh, cholesterol drug. Right. $10 billion a year. Uh, One of, drug. Of the, uh, the patent runs out in November. You see the problem? This year alone, yeah, so we got a Russia new patent law into effect, so we can save these guys. I mean, if you got that kind, of, if you get bringing in ten billion a year for twenty years, you got plenty of money to pass around to get people to come on board. This year alone, because of patent expirations, the drug industry will lose control over more than ten mega medicines, whose combined annual sales are fifty billion dollars. Fifty billion. Lipitor being one of the big ones. There's a couple others we can talk about. So it's a it's a hedge. So they've got it on uh, they've got it on two sides. They've got uh, they've got the vaccines, which are, of course are a bonanza. But that's tough because you know you got idiots like Curry and Dvorak saying that it's a scam. But then you know we've got the, the all of a sudden oh we've got to do patents for innovation. Yeah, well, so we're overhauling the patent system, and you watch it's going it, to it's copyrights. The Supreme Court is you know it's, although it's not the same as a patent. Uh, the Supreme Court is talking about bringing stuff back in, so it's all a setup in the next five years. Uh, same with uh, what's the uh, Eli Lilly's uh, Alzheimer's drug. I mean, all this stuff, all these guys, all their stuff is running out of patent. They have nothing new, so the only thing that's new is uh, the vaccines. And of yeah, course, think they'd be working on some antibiotics to help people when you know, since all these other antibiotics are stopping, they're not working anymore because of the misuse. You think they would develop some new drugs as opposed to these these kind of superficial drugs? And by the way, it would be a benefit to people who actually need to take Lipitor to get it for five bucks a month instead of you know five hundred dollars or whatever they're paying for hundred. Uh, that should be in the Constitution. Well, maybe it should. Just All saying. I know is that the whole thing is just is ridiculous. That these drug companies are dropping the ball on antibiotics. Uh. Genentech, I think, came up with a, a new drug for um, lupus. Oh, really? So, yeah, and that just got FDA approval. It's kind so of interesting. Lupus is a terrible thing to have. It's a horrible, horrible. I know someone who has it. It's a horrible disease. Uh, it's an immune uh, deficiency. It, 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 fuck, it ruins your immune system. <clears throat> so all these guys, you know, they've, they've bought up uh, 
Uh, it was uh, Roche paid $46 billion for Genentech. There you go. And so Sanofi Adventist paid $20 billion for Genzyme. So there's a lot of moves going on here, a lot of things taking place. And guess what? It's meant to rip you off. It's funny, in the Gitmo Nation lowlands, there was a huge traffic jam, as reported. Uh, let me see, was this Friday? Wednesday. But yes, a huge traffic jam. Because, uh, you know, there's a ring, they, the ring around the Amsterdam, uh, around the city. It's yeah. called the, uh, the A-10. Huge traffic jam because <clears throat> they were vaccinating uh, 11,500 children against HPV. Huh. <clears throat> Why, the kid, is, there, is there an HPV epidemic in, uh, Amster- well, in the... Well, you know, it's... Uh, uh, is, there, is there an epidemic of genital warts? Throat cancer. Yeah, we're all dying from throat cancer. <laughs> it's for the boys now, too. You know, it's not just for the girls. So, yeah, it's great. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> reminder, programming note for those of you who listen loyally to NoAgendaStream.com. Coming up right after the show, <clears throat> the brand new um, uh, crude oil show from Mr. Oil. A lot of people liking that uh, that program, and rightly so. Because it's really awesome. If you, uh, from uh, someone on the inside, you want all the tips. And of course, Glencoe. So the oil, uh, what are we at now, John? $107, $110 a barrel? Uh, I can get you the exact price at the moment. <clears throat> so we're, uh, uh, I, I think we're still going to try and. Uh, I, I know you disagree, so it's okay, but I think uh, they will try for the $200 number. And all of this is planned beautifully with, uh, with Glencore's initial public offering. Uh, who have now just uh, uh, announced that it looks like they might be merging with Kstrada, uh which is a uh, mining company, uh, which would uh, value the company at $100 billion pre-IPO. This could be the first trillion-dollar company. And, of course, this was set up... Well, sitting at 10290 down at buck forty-eight. Yeah, just a temporary pullback. And, of course, this... Uh, so I think it could be the first trillion-dollar company. And this, of course, is started by uh, Mark Rich, uh, the uh, oil trader uh, who was thrown in jail, and President Bill Clinton pardoned him on his way out of office, and he went to Zug, Switzerland, and started this company, and uh, do not care about people, <clears throat> just care about money and uh, power to him. I wish I could live in Zug. Which means train. Yes. And uh, here's a very interesting one. Goals at 14.12. Yeah, well, I don't want to say I told you so. Down 16. Well, this is very interesting. The document that I had has all of a sudden uh, <clears throat> been removed. But there was an airworthiness directive. This is very interesting. You always have to save page as. I, ha- I, I have. I save page as, but I don't have it here on this machine. Anyway, um, if you are going to poop on an airplane... Just try and hold it in. Seriously, don't poop. Don't stay in the bathroom too long, and I will tell you why. An airworthiness directive has been um, issued, which an AD, as it's known, means you have to comply with this, and you have to do it within a certain time frame. This is an emergency AD, airworthiness directive. I follow these being an aviator. Various transport category airplanes equipped with chemical oxygen generators have to be removed from the laboratory. So, in other words, if you are in the bathroom and there is a sudden drop in cabin pressure, 
you will have no oxygen available to you in that area of the plane. The reason why is security reasons. Because, of course, someone could uh, tamper with that and turn it into a bomb. So now Makes when it, sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, makes total sense. So now when you're flying, if there's a loss in cabin pressure and you're in the bathroom, well, kiss your ass goodbye because you're dying. Because unless you can really run back quickly and uh, get yourself some oxygen. This is, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Take out the oxygen in the bathroom because someone might try and blow up the plane with it. <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah, oh, brother is right, my friend. I didn't even know there was a thing that flopped down in the bathroom. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, com- how many times, by the way, you've flown commercially a few times, haven't you? <laughs> it has occurred. Yeah. How many times in your... Uh, zero. Know, what? Just 20, zero. Th- Just zero. Zero. Never happened. You, or you're telling me that in flying for 30 plus years, you have never had an incident where that you've needed the oxygen in the, in 40, the cabin. 40 plus years. I was flying when we had to wear suits and my sisters wore white gloves and hats. That's what so flying for 40 used to years, do. you've never, and you fly a lot, mm-hmm. at least for a while. I used to, yeah. And you've yeah. never had this happen? Never. Huh. Never. Have you? No, as a matter of fact, it's never happened to me. And the funny thing is I don't know anyone who has ever has happened to. Oh, hmm. except one guy. Take it back. There was a story. I'll tell it. Uh, the, and I took this flight. It was the flight from Denver to, to, uh, to uh, Aspen. And it's a miserable flight over the Rockies. And typically back in the day when you had to fly on some of these prop jet Electras, as you recall, they were kind of a, a sickening ride. And uh, this guy's flying in on, he told the story after the fact, on a smaller plane. It was a prop job going over the mountains, up and down, up and down, up and down. Everyone was getting sick and throwing up. Cool. And the plane kind of went into kind of like, uh, it was just, people were, it was just a a, a puke fest. Everybody was throwing up all over the place. (laughs) And apparently there was puke everywhere and it was all along the, uh, it got in the aisles and and the plane went into kind of a nosedive. And it rolled down the aisle. The stewardess fell on her ass and slid on the puke Uh. all the way (laughs) to the front of the plane. Sorry. And And the oxygen mask came down. (laughs) <laughs> Hot pockets. That's what I was told. That's awesome. Great story. Yeah, it's a visual thing. Up, you can... Uplifting story, John. Uplifting Thank story. You. Some magic numbers for you before we get out of here. Um, 33 high-ranking SEC workers had to be counseled or disciplined for watching porn at work. <laughs> Texas man sentenced this week in federal court to 33 years in prison for his part. In a streeter child pornography ring that was broken up more than six years ago. And uh, this has to be the most emailed one I received. I just got to open up the uh, page here. Uh, As we look at the number of Kinect devices sold. (laughs) It's not quite the right number, but it's good enough. 133,333 units per day. Of the Connect, that's the three cameras you now have in your home. Yeah, the ones that can be accessed from uh, remotely, and then they can tr- they can look at everything in your house, and they can do calculations on how much money you spend and all the rest of it. And what you're doing, where you're moving. You know, I showed this app on the Big App Show. Uh, and actually, I, I've recorded, I haven't shown it yet. It's called uh, Into Into Something. I forget what it's called. And it's an app that you uh, you t- you turn it. On. It's like Soundhound or Shazam for television, 
and you hold it up to the television with the sound on, and then it recognizes what show you're watching. And it goes ding, and then shows how many other people are watching the same show. And why would you want such an app? Well, I, I don't want the app. I'm just saying that this capability exists. Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, and that's what they do with these things. Well, what they do is, is you know, you've got your, your Google Voice thing, right, integrated into your browser, which they can turn on remotely whenever they want. And uh, hey. it's innocuous right now, but, they're, you know, they turn it on, and while you're surfing around with the television on, they start showing you ads that relate to that. I guarantee you this is happening. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the way. That's the future. <laughs> hey, yeah, everybody. Hot Pockets. That's right. I'm getting me some Hot Pocket ads while watching Hot Pockets. Uh, some foots in the news. Uh, oh, did we report on the foot from last week? I don't remember. Is this the uh, Powell River? The one that came up in Vancouver? Yeah. No, we didn't. Well, um, there were a couple. I think we forgot to report on it. It came last week. It was last show. Well, if you go to noagendafoots.com, uh, everything has been tracked uh, meticulously. We are the only media outlet that tracks the foots in the oceans that are washing up on shore. On uh, the West th- Coast, mostly. There was, there was one that uh, washed up, and they said it, was, uh, it wasn't a human foot. It was, uh, it was like the foot of a sea lion. Like, what is the sea lion doing wearing a Nike? Now, that's crazy. It's... Ugh. Yeah, so anyway, another foot showed up uh, in a tennis shoe. The Powell, uh, the Powell River. Powell River, right Vancouver. Here. And I was pointing out, I think in the email when we went back and forth on this, is that the, the Canadians, they, they're documenting the feet that wash up there, but just like 10, you know, less than 10 miles south of them where, they, where the feet are washing up in Washington State on the same basic area, they, neither one of these two sides says, hey, wait a minute. This total is a little more than we think. We've only washed up six feet in the, you know, in the uh, Puget Sound, and then then the the Canadians have about eight. Foots. Foots. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of uh, the Canadians, you know, we're doing a uh, a joint exercise off the coast of Southern California. Huh? Uh, huh? Yeah, Any yeah. exercises I, down there? I don't want to say too much. Let me tell you exactly what it is. Hold on a second. The, uh, the Army... No, it's Kansas City. The Army, the CIA, and the Canadians. As you know, we now have a deal where if there's an emergency, then uh, here, then the Canadian uh, Army can uh, come into our streets, and if there's an emer- which is a nice way to avoid uh, posse comitatus. Right, and uh, if, if that's like the spy operations, you know, you yeah. let the MI6 spy on Americans, and then we'll spy on the exactly. British for them. Army officials preparing to conduct what they say is a rare training event involving the U.S. military, the CIA, Canadian officers, and other government agencies. The Joint Intermediate Staff Planning Exercise, better known as JISPIC, <laughs> will be held March 21st to 25th at Leaven- Fort Leavenworth's Lewis and Clark Center. Home of the Army Command and General Staff College, blah, blah, blah. It's a week-long event designed to encourage participants to confront the challenges and uncertainties of joint interagency and multinational operations. I'd say get ready for some false flag is what I'd say. Mm. But Kansas City, there's nothing going on there. What do you think? Uh -uh. There better not be. And uh, meanwhile, Gitmo Nation East, I was just talking to uh, my daughter who was coming back uh, in like two weeks. She's been over in, uh, in Amsterdam and uh, in London. And her friends are freaking out, John. There's like no work. There's no jobs. There's nothing. Everything sucks. Everything blows. 
and people are starting to protest. Um, there's a, an outfit now um, who uh, go away. Uh, hundreds of council tax. This is like city tax. Council tax protesters storm courtroom and attempt to make citizens arrest of judge. And uh, these guys have T-shirts uh, that say, "I'm not your slave." I am not your slave. We are one. I'm not your slave. This is good. This is a good thing because you are, of course, slaves. But they're, uh, you know, people who can't pay the council tax, uh, and they're uh, they're grabbing judges now. And apparently, there's a a huge strike planned. Uh, a million people, schools, universities, courts, job centers, which are very busy these days could all be shut down in June in response to uh, their pensions going away. This is happening everywhere. Everywhere everyone's pensions are being... Of course, there's no there's no money anymore in the pensions. Even the CIA pension fund is, is uh, broke. Did you know that? How can that be? I know. I know. They messed it up. Well, they hey, agents are slaves, too. And let's be honest. And uh, in Greece, new numbers, youth unemployment increased from 28.9% to 38%. <laughs> oh my god so anything good no there's nothing good <laughs> this is depressing you want to do a third show you nuts i think well then we might yeah, find some shooting themselves we might find some good stuff if we do a no, third we're not show finding it. Oh, we, the more work we do the worse it gets no 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 there's got to be some there's got to be some shimmering light <laughs> uh, maybe not maybe charlie sheen is literally the only shining light that we have well, I have to say, you know, I have to say he's, he's become... I think that uh, Dennis Miller was on the other day. He has it right. That Sheen is actually... Deve- is, is, is extremely entertaining. He's getting there. His show has gotten a lot better now that he ditched the whole crew idea. Yeah, and he just, just sits in rants. Yeah, that's... It's like a nutball. <laughs> gee, he might be a guest on this show. Well, we don't have guests. Yeah, that's true. We could do... Well, anyway... If you think that you could up your giving level and if we could do it, I'd, I'd be happy to hear from people. But well, it would, we'd, we'd have to double. Wow, we we'd have to double. Do an occasional show. We also have to do, we never have done the primer. Primer, yeah. <sighs> I'm spent. I'm depleted. This human resource is empty. But thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you had some enjoyment. Hope you will consider us with some value for value. Because it's what we do so you don't have to. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I am the lone wolf known as Adam Curry. And White Dog here from Northern Silicon Valley. Signing off, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service. Stay tuned for Mr. Oil with crude oil right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A